Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The world's longest running motorsport magazine show, Midweek Motorsport. News, features, special guests and analysis from the experts. Formula One, sports car and endurance racing, rallying, touring cars and bikes. If it has wheels and an engine and they keep score it's on midweek motorsport good evening everybody just after eight o'clock here in the uk i'm feeling a bit election coverage there good evening everybody and welcome along uh, it's just after 8 o'clock in the UK as I look out over the meadow. Not the two uh, Munjack deer that I was staring at earlier on this afternoon. A little bit overcast, but a pleasant evening. Nevertheless, this green and pleasant land looking pretty good uh, here in the early part of June 2019. This is Midweek Motorsports Series 14, episode 22. And at this time of the year, you can't help think about 75 years ago when a lot of brave young men were gathering in the south of England, ready to head across the channel and give us the futures that we have as our presence. Bit of thinking about to do there, particularly as many of us will be making that same trip in the next few days to go down to Le Mans and exercise the freedoms for which they fought and died. On a busy programme tonight, indeed on a packed programme tonight, Tim Gray, up in London, we have what? Uh, we have all the usual features, uh, and I think I might need to get my hearing tested. Really? Why? Because it took me a while to realise that in your introduction there, you didn't say you were looking out at a jack deer, but to munt jack deer. Yes, yes. It's like uh, I was uh, I walked into uh, the kitchen earlier, and... Uh, oh, how is your kitchen, by the way? Under construction. Still? Yes. I do like the colour. It's like called Damson. Damson, yes, it is, Absolutely. It, it's not as dark as I was expecting it to be. I think it's very nice, Tim. I, I saw one which was lavender, which is horrible, no, no, and that no, would have no, been no, really no. pale. No, no, that's not lavender. Damson is a very good description. Yes. Uh, it looks better under artificial light than daylight, I have to say, <laughs> as well, which you won't have seen. The bit on the right-hand side, where you've got the new gap into the orangery. Yes. And by the way, dear listener, I am not exaggerating here. Um. I don't quite get that. Is that going to be a window? That's is that a full height window. Yeah. It is a full height window. That's what I thought. It didn't have anything in there, right? Okay, uh, not that at makes the time, more no. sense. That makes more sense. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Wandering into a different kitchen earlier, uh, <laughs> overheard uh, uh, a friend say, uh, "All of my flatmates are dead." Oh dear. Actually, she didn't. She said housemates, uh, ah. but she didn't even say housemates. She said house plants. Ah. Uh. Right, okay. You really do need your ears. I do. De-waxing or something. Um, uh, Shay Adam pro- will not be with us tonight, though. No, she won't. We've uh, sent her out on a special assignment. Yes, we have. Uh, she's been told to uh, enjoy some musical theatre. <laughs> because she has no appreciation whatsoever of the talents of uh, Dame Julie Andrews. Well, true enough. We'll we'll get her up to speed when we get her at Le Mans uh, later on this week. 
Uh, Nick Damon will be with us. Good evening, Nick Damon. Good evening, Tim. Good evening, John. I now don't know if I can speak to Shay. Can you bring it's a copy of The King and I to Le Mans, please, on DVD? I, I have... I, oh, no, I haven't got the film, but I can... I've, I've, I've got the soundtrack. On Spotify, no problem at all. Right, excellent. Can you bring that, please? You need to... Whenever you're in the yeah, presence of Shay, mm-hmm. you must play her musical soundtracks. Yes. The thing is, The King and I, of course, you, 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 we need to get the stage soundtrack. Because of course, uh, it wasn't Julie Andrews in the film. It was uh, Deborah Kerr. But it was. was it wasn't Deborah Kerr either, though. Marnie Nixon. It was. It? No, we went through this when we played this ages ago. Yeah, but but it's, it's just... It's Deborah Kerr, by the way. Everybody, everybody, um, obviously, I'm thinking something else here. Uh, uh, Yeah, everyone loves, not everyone sees the show, and it's very important to go to to get the show tune sorted out. I will will literally now make it, I now have a purpose. Beyond Studio Vision, I now have a purpose for Le Mans, and that is to convert Shay to the house of musical. What, to to natural gas rather than. No, no. I think there's three or four music. I think I can get her, I, I, I can get her juices flowing on, so that's okay. Well, well, you, once, well she could be coming past... back in a car with you. So if she's coming back from Le Mans in a car with you, you've got ample opportunity. Once you've got past the King and I, can I suggest South Pacific? Bit oh, of Mitzi yes. Gaynor. Well, I'm thinking. No, I'm thinking going more. I've modern, got that on vinyl. Be... I've got that I'm soundtrack thinking... album on vinyl. Rogers. I want to go Rogers and Hart. Hammerstein. Yeah. No, I don't think I'm it was Hammerstein. I think it was Rogers and Hart. No, it was Rogers and Hammerstein. Was it? Yeah, it was, okay. it was a 19... Uh, 19... Lauren what Tartman year was it? Lauren by about 50, wasn't he? Um, anyway, so I'd start with the more modern stuff and then yeah, get, right, get, okay. get, get in the classics that way around. Obviously, the most important thing is Lemmy's a rob ball, and that's it, really. But <laughs> in fairness, she does have to wash that man right out of her hair. Anyway, shall we move on? <laughs> she. Shall we move on? Uh, Declan Brennan will be joining us as well. Oh, excellent. Uh, that will be in the second hour of the show. Okay. Uh, yes, we've got a lot of motorcycles uh, to talk about in the second hour of the show and some sad news from the Isle of Man. You, you will have already picked up more of that in hour two. Also, we'll be telling you how you could be a winner. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you. How you could be a winner, Nick. Uh, ooh. <laughs> How about Frankie oh, Howard of you? I thought it was Kenneth Williams, I thought. No, no it was Frankie Howard. Listen Frank to Francis. Oh, no, dear, no, let me win. No, Stop it. Get, no, Stop it. No, that was no. more like your Bernie Eccleston. <laughs> I can no, never no. tell his Bernie Eccleston and Frankie yeah, Howard apart. All right, now, look, look, lads, lads, I think I'm going to win some stuff. Where I've put an envelope down to Max, off we go. Right. Um, I hope the listeners aren't We've listening. We've blown this stuff. I know, we really have. <laughs> That was me trying to be all, you know, sensible and, and talking about sacrifice and stuff like that. You've blown it now. You've we, blown we it. We had a request from Nick before the show to make this waffly bit last for seven minutes. So we've yes, done but that was because he thought we weren't going to be. He wasn't going to be there for it. In fairness, <laughs> true. Um, yeah. Yes, we'll have uh, we'll have news of how you could be a winner. Uh, we'll have news on some changes to the website, which will be happening tomorrow, which is very exciting. Oh, yes. Ooh. And that's that's in fairness, that's date related. Yes. But we'll have some news about something that uh, you can listen to tomorrow, something you can listen to on Friday, and something you can listen to on Saturday. And Sunday, and Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and on, and on, and on, because it just keeps coming this month, in fairness. Uh, did you mention we had Paul Fussball tonight to talk about equalisation of technology. performance technology? No, no Paul no. will be talking about that in one of the things that you were talking about earlier. Right. 
Shall I do a bit of housekeeping? Yes. Uh, hello, Moni. Moni Elysium is tuned in from the Cube. She says she can't wait for Le Mans week. Safe travel to the team and thanks for all you do in the, especially in the hectic upcoming weeks. Um, right turn lover. Now this is an interesting one. He's going to be touring Lisbon in a tuk-tuk together with colleagues. Apparently that seems to be a thing here, he says. What, in Lisbon? A tuk-tuk in Lisbon. All right, followed by dinner. But for MWM, we'll always have the podcast. You're right, you will. It'll be up very quickly tonight. No AFAs from Brody tonight. Preparations underway for a Germany trip, including the Ring 24 in a few weeks' time. Uh, Kevin Payne, listening live tonight, getting into the habit of listening to the great broadcast from Le Mans 24s. We're not making the trip this year. Hashtag Mobile One RLM. Uh, listening and watching from home, says Kevin, will be a new experience. We are all over Le Mans this year. We... Obviously, you know we're the biggest broadcaster. We have the biggest audience of any single broadcaster on TV and radio um, at Le Mans 24. And we start tomorrow. Andy says, Andy and Sue Warns. Oh, to be fair, we started on Sunday. Well, yes, indeed. Yes, we started last week because we were the only people who were there to broadcast from test weekends. Um, Andy and Sue Warns listening in tonight while packing up Bertie the motorhome. And that's Bertie with a U, Bertie, uh, for the trip to Le Mans on Sunday. Andy. As in Luciano Bertie. No, with a Y. Ah, like but Kelvin yes. Bertie. Yes, Kelvin Bertie. Kelvin Bertie, the motorhome, as he's now going to be known, Andy, and so on. Uh, Alan Ayres, uh, favourite retired landlord, tuning in live for the last one before we're all trackside. Can't wait to get down there. Safe journey down, everybody. Oh, bloody hell, we've run, run out of bed. Uh, here's to another fantastic year. Uh, Rob Jenner is listening live tonight. Hashtag Mobile One RLM. So is Oliver Gilles or Giles. Actually, no. He's going to be Olivier Gilles at this time of year, aren't you, Oliver? You have to be. Uh, hearing all the latest from the 24 Hours of Law on Test Day, reviewing the weekend's IMSA action. He's catching up at the moment. Dominic says it's the last one before race week. No reason for an apology for absence. Got you on live while looking through my old photos of the Cathedral of Speed. Sorry, I have to say... The Cathedral of Speed. Evening all. Or does ta- is it just me? Says Chris Suku. Sorry, Chris. Or does time speed up as we approach Le Mans? No apologies. I'm listening to the show tonight, making the Le Mans Drive playlist for a test listen. Uh, sounding pretty good so far. Excellent. Chris Ring. Evening all. Looking forward to the last show before I'm in France, as are we. I'm celebrating the temporary pause of my diet with a can of lager. What day does the FM transmission start over there? Uh, probably Monday, possibly a bit on Sunday, but certainly Monday, definitely Tuesday, and we're live, obviously, with Midday Motorsport on Wednesday. Woo-hoo. But we will have plenty of... Look, I'm going to say it now. RS1 tomorrow will become Mobile One Radio Le Mans. So the jingle's changed, the website's going to change, and all of our programming has changed. And if you haven't looked at the programme schedule yet, you need to, because we're dropping new stuff in there all of the time. Yeah, keep, Jules, don't just look at it once, keep looking at it, because things are being added and all the time. And because of the things that we're adding, some things that w- were already there have moved slightly. Yes, and we've, we came up with some new ideas today. We've got so a we've, great new show got, that will uh, launch next Thursday. Uh the presenter of this show doesn't know he's doing it yet, but it's a great show and you'll love it. And, and more at the point, the star of the show doesn't know he's doing it either. Um, so is this thanks the first to... of my Andy idea? Sorry? Is this the first of my Andy idea? 
couldn't possibly say. Couldn't possibly um, say. All right. Uh, Jules says, no AFAs. Looking forward to 53 weeks time when I'll be listening to Spectatement across the channel. Well, that means you're not here next week. Okay, but you can still listen. Jeff says, no AFAs tonight. Listening live from a rather chilly Lasat. Whoa, Jeff's already there. He's beaten us. It's not a race, of course, He Jeff. might have it's... beaten you, but he didn't beat uh, Johnny and Joe. No, but then they've come back since then. Well... It's not a race, though, Jules, unless I do get there first, in which case it was and I won. But as I didn't and you did, it wasn't. Um, sorry, Jeff, that was. Uh, Kevin says, back home from Korea, ready for a live show. And that's Korea with a K, not Carrier with a, K, uh, with a C. Uh, what good are notebooks? I've listened successfully to so many podcasts, the podcasts they've made me put cotton wool in my ear. Fine. Chris Humphreys, ready for the final countdown to my first Le Mans visit. Marshalling sectors eight and nine, can't wait. He said, I'm very excited about that. Uh, Carol Brink, back from her Southern Californian holiday with Kevin, both home and listening live. Ben Stevenson, uh, last week of work before the big one, can't wait. Kevin Payne, thank you for your very kind thoughts. Andy Blackmore, still sketching away, finishing touches to a certain uh, race, at race weather tech spotless guide and some other cool stuff. Some very cool stuff, actually, Andy, that we might be talking about a bit later on. Blackmore has done a bit of a Black Ops, Blackmore and Black Ops project tonight. You might hear about that a bit later on if we can. We have been absolutely mentally flat out today, doing all kinds of stuff, trying to put some final stu- touches to some deals for the mom. Uh, hello, everyone. We've arrived, says Jesse. The real shim gl- Slim Glakey says, ah, the one after the thing, but before the other. Always one of my favourite spectatorment shows of the year. Very pleased if we can get through the next two hours without the used ballast, or the, the use of the word ballast, rather, or the acronym BOP. Oh, We've all, well, we didn't say BOP. No. We ballast was last week. EO thing. EOT, is it? EOT, mm. yeah. Yeah. We did ballast last week. I thought we I thought we had enough ballast for everybody last week. Sarah Rigby, looking forward to a packed show tonight. Looking back at the Le Mans test day, forward to Le Mans. Uh, thanks for the tribute to the D-Day veterans. Safe travels to fans. Nick Holland, I'm with uh, I'm with RC Racing. Lion King, Pirates of Penzance, My Fair Lady, Les Mis. Ah, yes. Oh, they've got to do Pirates of Penzance. Can I say something? Are you the m- very model mod- of a modern major general? No, I don't mind Gilbert so I'm not a big fan of the Lion King, though. Okay. No. But I did see, I did see Rocket Man this week, and that's a brilliant film. Mm. Still dodges the central precept of the movie. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Or oh, the Lion King. Yes. Or Rocket Man. Uh, Alexander Orkin says, uh, apologies, prepping for a key meeting on Friday, not enough hours in the day. I'll be at Le Mans next week for the midweek, or which is midday motorsport, and see you. At the travel destination Flexatel on Friday. Have a fab show. Adam Bowman is listening from a soggy VA farm. Oh, right, down in Virginia. If you take a tuk tuk through a drive through, was it a tuk tuk in? Says Rob Chalmers. <laughs> no, dear me. Uh, Matthew Hawkins listening for the first time in a few weeks. Catch up on the second and the co- podcast in the small hours. Uh, looking forward to the trip to Le Mans next Tuesday. Lots of people coming to Le Mans this year. Do you know what? I've had a few people, Nick, saying to me, what's the point of going to Le Mans this year? I've had way more people saying, I'm going to Le Mans this year and I haven't been for ages and it's fantastic and I'm going. So well done to them. You're right. Mm. Dave Alcock, uh, hello to John, the team, Sarah and all the other listeners. 
I appreciate the time to take your knowledge our DJ veterans in the shore this evening. Hey, it's June the 6th tomorrow, and I'm on a ship crossing the water. How evocative is that? How evocative is that? Uh, the Frankie Howardisms are making me think of only one thing. Carry on down the Hunadier. Very good, says EMR. Adrian Michael Reese. Uh, Dave uh, and a lot of people thanking Andy for his hard work on the Spotters Guide, uh, along with Chris Ring and Sankey's in RTW says, waiting for a weather update to see if it's Targa weather next week or not. Sankey's. The point of a Targa is, it's always Targa weather, because it's Targa or not Targa. It doesn't make a difference. You can either pop the panel or leave it in place. Take the well, Targa. Well, John. What? Because some cars, notably TVRs, and in fact even TRs with the uh, Surrey top, you couldn't... Surrey with a fringe on top, was that? The, cent- the central panel didn't fit in the boot. So ah. You had to make a decision when you left. That never happens with a properly engineered... German no, 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 car. And since then, obviously, most have been slightly better. Oh. Okay, then. All right. Uh, we've cracked on through our housekeeping. Nick Damon is very much here. I'd and... like to uh, refer back to something from last week. Right, okay. When we were talking, well, you were talking, I wasn't, because uh, I didn't arrive until late, uh, about the Indianapolis 500. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Simon Paginot's excellent month of May. Great month of May. Where he became only the sixth driver to win races on both the oval and road course at Indianapolis. Really? Can you name the other five? Did they all do it in the same month, though? I, I suspect they, they all did it in the same year, actually. Mm. I, I Will was, Power. I was looking at this. Will Power is correct, yes. Um, right. The one on the oval and the road course. Yes. In the same year. Uh, I mean, ev- everyone who's Scott done Dixon? this has done it on the, in the same year. No, Scott Dixon's not. Dario? No. No. Never one on the road course. Never one on the road course, Dario. Rossi? Sorry, who's that? You're just seeing random names now, aren't you? No, people who've won the Indy 500. A- Alex Rossi, no, he hasn't won on the road course. Are we... Uh, Alex Lloyd? Alex Lloyd. That's not me. Declan Brennan <laughs> got me. in with that. We'll have him later on. <laughs> oh, but I see what he's doing now because he's talking about the uh, the Freedom 100, not the big race. Yes. Correct. Correct. Ah. Well, in which case, Declan's going to... He's been that actually three times. I've said it once now. Of course, he's, he's, uh, realistically, at this point, I don't know anymore. Uh, the others were Colton Herter. Holton right. Herter. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Harvey. Mm-hmm. And Dean Stoneman. Hmm. Well, did, did Stoneman, what, Formula 4 2000, did he win? Uh, no, Dean Stoneman did it in Indy Lights in uh, three years ago. There was, there was a, oh, also, was there not an Indy Pro 2000 or Pro Mazda uh, event on there? Uh, there has been in the past, but uh, no one's won uh, the uh, on the road course. And uh, what about USF 2000? It doesn't race on the oval. Is that just on the road course? Yes. Right, okay. And not for years. So who's been there three times as broken down, not qualified, and pulled off with a perfectly healthy car? Ooh. Mm. Come on then, Nick. You must know that. Nando Alonso. Yes. Nando, yeah. Because, of course, they pulled off for the Indianapolis Grand Prix when they the t- because the tyres weren't supposedly up to it. Oh, very good. Very good. All right, shall we have the top story? 
Uh, let's play the jingle because I did fade it out. Uh, yes, I know. That was because we talked too long about all Stop. sorts of stuff. 21 is past eight at the moment. Yeah, cool. All the latest motorsport news from around the world. Midweek Motorsport. Top uh, story tonight then. Nick Damon is with us. So that means we're going to talk about rallying. Uh, it doesn't, no. <laughs> uh, but there wasn't, there wasn't a Formula One race at the weekend, was there, Nick? No, so boo. boo. Oh, really? Boo. However, yes. uh, there was a MotoGP race, which we'll talk about in second hour. Yes, when we get oh. Dex on as well. And a Formula One driver turned up at the MotoGP race at Mugello. Which one? <laughs> Daniel. It is I who declare. Ah, you need to just trim that a, just a tiny just bit a tighter at the front. Tighter at the front, yes. yeah. Uh, you it, can leave longer tail on it, but I, I want a little bit tighter at the front. It uh, there's a great photo of him looking longingly at a Ducati. Well, we've all done that. Let's be honest. That, that's, well, that's, you might have yeah. done. I have never looked in any way at a Ducati. And can I? And can I just say that sums up everything that's wrong with you? Really? What, yeah, it doesn't man, look at a, a Ducati? If a man hasn't looked loyally at a Ducati, then are they really a man? Absolutely. It sounds like a song, actually. A man. You, you could anything. continue that theme into a poem. Um, <laughs> in fact, I might set that as a task for the Christmas, Christmas quiz. Let quiz. me make a note <laughs> of that. <Yeah. laughs> he is, do you know what? He has actually just turned slightly to the left, from slightly to the right, rather, from the, the sound desk back at... Uh, RSL uh, HQ down there and, and written that down on a piece of paper. Mm. Mm. To dream he has. the impossible dream. Yes. Um, that, well, I personally would be entirely with Charles there because I would, I, there's a number of Ducatis I've, um, obviously I've owned four, five Ducatis in my life. But, never owned uh, a Ducati, rode many of them. You've never owned one? No, I I'll tell you why. Shall I tell you why? Here's why. Ducatis are great for 20 minutes. <laughs> every single Ducati I've ever rode whether it is a race bike and, and frankly I'm not built for a race bike nowadays or a race rep or any kind of sports bike or a Multistrada they're all lovely for 20-25 minutes and then they're the best bike in the world for 20-25 minutes after 30 minutes they're the worst bike in the world and you want to you literally want to pick them up and throw them over the hedge which is good because they are light enough to, for you to be able to do that they are like riding a pedal bike they are so tiny and easy to handle but they are the most uncomfortable bikes after wow. half an hour yeah, I see the thing you see I, I actually my first proper bike was a Ducati and I bought one before they were before anyone else would, would touch with a barge pole. Uh, before they were... Um, but you wish you'd kept it. What was it? No, no, the first one was an 851. 851? No. But then I bought an 888 SP4. And you didn't keep it? No. What an you... idiot. There's a word Swap I could use here, but I've had to... Swap I'd like to apologise to any listeners who are finding this as dull as I am. No, hang on. About, you, you, you bought a Bimota. That was the one with the Suzuki engine, wasn't it? Yeah, 1100, yeah. Yeah. See, good engine, awful bike. It was the most bike. powerful bike on sale at the time. And this most powerful thing is a theme. Mm, yes. This weekend, it's a Canadian Grand Prix. Hooray! Ducati aren't there, Nick. So who better to give the sport some positive PR than Canada's last Formula One world champion, Jacques Villeneuve? Oh, no, really? Yeah, first person I go to as well for his insight and, um, and positive spin. 
This is terrible for Formula One. It's been going on for too long. It's practically impossible to beat Mercedes. Yes. No, no, it's not practically impossible to beat Mercedes. This year, it is actually impossible to beat Mercedes. No, it's very possible. Just no one's actually available to, able to do it. Mercedes' dominance of Formula One is ruining the sport, said Villeneuve. Not for anybody at Mercedes. Not ruining the sport. It's, it's not their fault they're good. And it's not their fault that uh, one of their main competitors yeah, but... is tactically inept. No, so I don't. I think just one of the competitors. Yes, the, the other one is genuinely off the pace. Right, okay. Can I point something out? The Sorry, only reason Mr. J. Villeneuve is world champion, Mr. J. Villeneuve, is because he drove for a team that was dominant. Because... <laughs> of... Hang on a second. <laughs> that is a very good point. Well, we need a little fanfare for good points well made and perfectly presented. That is absolutely spot on. There is, I remember once there was, a, there was a survey done about four years ago, so, yeah, of, of who was the least deserving world champion. Jay Villeneuve won. And who was he driving for in those days? Uh, uh, team not awful Williams. Yes, Team Williams, who won everything and weren't Team they, they, Awful Williams. They were on the turn to become Team Awful Williams then, though. It only took two years. No, because ninety-seven and nine, after ninety-seven, one, they weren't dominant, they, were they? they lost, they were in his year. They 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 they, he, they managed to make themselves not dominant by giving stuff away. They still have far the best car. Then we had the regulation change, and they lost Renault engines, and they dipped away. So they picked up BMW. They were pretty good in four, five, and six. But then they Frank fell out with BMW stupidly, and that was it. That's Williams in fifteen seconds. Uh, Declan's just come up with the best idea I've heard this year so far on this show. We need a, a an hypocrisy klaxon. We need. <laughs> An hypocrisy klaxon. I'll see if uh, Mark and Emma have one. Yeah, well, they're professionals. Week. Although it's difficult to get Mark to do anything for us now because he's always down the road in the CNN studios talking about Discover India and Venezuela and stuff like that inside yeah. Africa. I'd love, I'd love to go to Venezuela. <laughs> Vuvuzela. <laughs> no, I'd like to go to Venezuela. Not right now, obviously, in the current political climate. But right. You're listening to Midweek Motorsport, Series 14, Episode 22. There's a Crown Plaza in Caracas. See, that sounds like a musical song as well. It probably is. And if it isn't, it will be. (laughs) There's a Crown Plaza in Caracas. Um, I see, I'm getting into that Monsters, Inc. We'll do it for Maldonado the Musical, shall we? (laughs) Yes, Maldonado. I'm getting into that Monsters, Inc. thing. Um, That's quite good though, because you've got the got the opening song. There's nothing faster than pasta. <laughs> you remember the remember Monsters Inc. Put that child back off. So help me. Um, hang on a second. I might. Do I have a, a, a klaxon? I'll have to find a klaxon. Um, we'll we'll get that in a moment. Uh, so, right. Okay. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Hypocrisy klaxon. It's more like a car horn, really, wasn't it? No, but I quite like that. I um, like that, and thank you to Dex for that. There are certain, pe- certain people who uh, would be able to identify what make and model of car that was. Uh, many years ago, we ran a competition on Radio Le Mans called we The did. Morning Horn. Yes. Uh, <laughs> right, yes. I've heard about these things. Mm. Uh, John Mayer. Okay. John Mayer says... John is it John Mayer or John Mayer? John Mayer or John Meyer? 
It's, I know it's M-E, but it could be either way. I've always said John Mayer, and you've never corrected me, so I'm going to continue with that. He says, uh, well said about the tactic, tactical ineptness that's turning F1 into a snooze fest by allowing a team with neither the best driver or the best car to run away with the championship. Ooh. Oh, that's... that's, oh, um, oh, that's oh, Well, oh. whilst John is on, who does he think the best driver is then? Who does he would think the be, best car is? Would it be under no pressure, so it's really rather easy to look good, Mr. Mr. Verstappen, who actually, whenever he's been under pressure, has thrown it into walls? Maybe it's Kimi Raikkonen. Oh, he's great. So, I like Kimi. Kimi what was Kimi said this week? Um, I'm really happy just hanging around the back earning money. Pass me the vodka. Uh, he said uh, 2019 isn't quite going to plan. Why? Well, when the checks bounced. Mm. Not his favourite ice cream. Who well, thinks... All, he's made, all, all Riker has managed to do is just prove at least one of the things I said in the preview, right, that Giovinazzi isn't all that. Who thinks Red Giovinazzi. Bull has a chance of beating Mercedes in Canada? Think, so I mean, John talked about the team. Which team is it? Who thinks, who's who thinks Red Bull has a chance of beating Mercedes in Canada? How about Marco? Because he's an idiot. No. Okay. Um, is it someone? I, is it someone I respect the opinion of? Definitely not. It's right. it's um, it's Ferrari. Mm. Yeah, because obviously on the power on the most power one of the most power hungry circuits of all, that's the one where they're going to shine. Yeah. Uh, what have uh, Red Bull said? We haven't got a hope in hell, but we're going to give it a really good, try, a plucky try. Because we're the we're the worst funded team in the world, and we're, we're the little team, little that, team can. that can. Yes. yes. Actually, they said uh, we think Ferrari's got a good chance of beating Mercedes <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> Do you know what? I was talking to somebody. Uh, I was talking to somebody that. Well, actually, no. Okay, I'm going to. I'll say, it. somebody who is in the Formula One paddock at the moment was commenting the other day about what an extraordinary place it is to be because of how much complete and utter nonsense has to be churned out to feed the monster that is the F1 P, uh, uh, press core and the press machine. If you're not talking, Nick Damon, every single moment and putting out a tweet or a Facebook Live or a press release or a, or a, or a then you're not doing you're not doing your job. And you know what? Hardly anybody cares. Well, the thing is, they are obviously they need to keep the clicks running. And obviously the clicks are kept running. But it is pretty much... I mean, there has been an absolute spate this week of stating the bleeding obvious posts. I must be honest. It's like, you know, it has been a, a non-stop round of things, you know. You know, here's one. I'll read it. Renault concede something is not working. That's a great item to, article to read about, isn't it? That's obvious. You know, um, and people wonder why there's the Autosport headline generator on Twitter. Yeah, here we go. Smedley Williams' predicament is a real shame. Really, mm. Verstappen better than last year. No, Sherlock. You know, <laughs> I think we Leclerc, lost you for a moment Leclerc, there. I really hope we can have a successful Grand Prix. Mercedes expecting a huge change. Really. Is any of this, there's no actual information in any of this. It's part of my job, I have to read this rubbish to find out what's going on. And you sit there and go, well, that's 10 minutes of my life, I'm not going to get back. Because there was nothing going on. I mean, I, I mean, I, I you know, it's, it, it, you're absolutely right, John. They have to feed the machine. But in some cases, the machine, it, it, sometimes you kind of feel that 
you know, let's build a bit of anticipation to it. So it's like nothing for three days. And do you know, know what the biggest thing on Twitter at Specutainment at the moment is he's talking about? What? Is 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 it talking about musicals? No. It's talking about Nick uh, Tim's Damson Kitchen, hot on the heels of the two wow. dishwasher theory from Gary Dodds that Joe Bradley tried to misappropriate on test oh, day. Oh, did he? Yes. I didn't realise that. Oh, because I wonder, because it did sound like a significantly more, um, what's the word for it, affluent concept than I would have thought that Joe had been used to, this two dishwasher concept. So yeah, but you Gary... save money by having no cupboards. Uh, not really. Yes. A lot of people talking Damson, ab- about really your, your Damson Kitchen. Yeah, I have to be honest with you, Tim, and, and this is something I think I, I've had. It's a real issue. If you buy a colour that's in, at some oh, point, it'll be out. it's going to be out. So if you sell your car, your car, so your house in six years' time, and Damson is out, it then looks dated. And you have hot, to hold so, it dated till it looks classic. So this from the uh, responsible adult, hot on the heels of the dishwasher discussion at test day, we have Tim's Kitchen Colours. Obviously, mm-hmm. a new program right there. Uh, what good are notebooks? I hope it's the correct Nissan S14A, Damson. Nice. <laughs> like it. Carol Brink uh, in Monterey. Sounds like you're asking everyone to post their colourful kitchens. That'll up some pe- upset some people if they're too colourful. Uh, mm. And Dave Alcock uh, saying, um, my wife won't let me forget the discussion on two dishwashers or the suggestion. And he says, uh, in response to Mickey Heth, when do the two dishwashers arrive then, Dave? I'm afraid the utility kitchen extension to the house is uh, is needed first. I'm planning on the utility room having some display space and ceiling speakers. The extra dishwasher may well appear. This is going to hurt. I do currently have two dishwashers. Do you have them installed, though? No, I have uh, outgoing dishwasher and a new dishwasher. Neither of them is currently working. Um, Hindoff Towers, uh, the original Hindoff Towers yes, got a mention. Yes, you had a very special colour, didn't you? Yes, we did. We, we in, fact, in fact, whilst I, I was away um, in Gulf War Two, this time it's for real. Um, the, he wasn't the, fighting, he was erecting satellite dishes. <laughs> well, I wasn't even doing that, to be honest. I was driving around flat out in large V8-engined uh, GM cars, trying to... My, my philosophy on that was the faster I went, the harder I was to hit. Uh, it, uh, it was... Uh, eventually, we got it from Pink Porsche Pink Pig to... I think it was Corvette Yellow, which... Performance I think, Yellow. I think, yes, Doug Feehan said at the weekend was Performance Yellow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that was voted on by the fans. Uh, completely without my knowledge, of course, because I, I was aware. You weren't on Twitter at the time. No, I wasn't. Uh Shall we move on? Uh, yes, because Nick went through all of those uh, Formula One press release nonsense stories yes. and managed not to cover any of the next three stories Excellent. that I've got here. You're good. Montreal looks like a place where I can have a bit of fun. It'll be my first time in Canada. Well, that's not Lance Stroll, then. <laughs> um, uh, right, first... Who, who's Canada. a fun-loving young driver who's making his Canadian debut? George Russell. No. Uh, Alex Albon. No. Not Giovinazzi again. No. I've run out of rookies now. No, you haven't. Have I? Who have I forgotten then? The papaya one. Oh, Lando. Mm. Lando's not been to Canada. No. And of course, being in America, he's all right because obviously, so being in Canada, he's okay. If he wanted to have a beer, he could. But he can't obviously have a beer. He won't be allowed to have beer in uh, in Texas. 
He doesn't drink beer. Mm. He does? Okay, he does. Uh, I'm not accusing him of being a lush or anything. <laughs> is there a Grand Prix this weekend? By the yes. Way? Yeah, it's in Canada. All oh, right, okay. Is it uh, had you not guessed from the stories previewing the Canadian Grand Prix? It's a week early. It's normally the same weekend as Le Mans. No, they've been, there's been no clash with Le Mans for... Oh, hang on. They, they did stick on for Baku one. It was yes, supposed to be no clash did. with Le Mans. Yes, uh, since, about, since since um, John Tot took over the FIA, he's tried to avoid having a clash with the Mon. John Tot's taken over the FIA <laughs> in a coup. <laughs> really? Uh, and what, and, uh, wait, so when was that? No, wait, wait till you find out. We've got a queen. No, hang on. When was that, Nick? When did John Tot take over the FIA? Yes. Uh, that was when he beat uh, Ari Vassanen in an election and mm, then stood ago. uncontested in the next election. I must have missed that. What has he achieved in all that time? Road safety. And really? A couple more ticks towards his uh, Nobel Prize. He's not getting the Nobel Prize. That's why he's on the green tick, isn't he, now? That's why he's on the green agenda, because they've completely ignored him for his road safety. The Nobel Committee. Sorry. Sarcasm. We need a sarcasm hooter as well, don't we? Uh, shall we move on? Midweek Motorsport, Series 14, Episode 22. Good to have your company tonight. I'll uh, be there back then. Nick, have, have you been to Hinville? Hinville? Yes. yes, to the Sauber factory. Yes. Have you seen their uh, big trophy cabinet? No, I haven't seen the big trophy cabinet. I read this story. I have seen their supercomputer. It was a long time ago when it was when, when supercomputers were really big news. The teraflop, what you know, wasn't a, a really bad uh, Jerry Anderson program. Um, you know, it, it basically you kind of uh, you, yeah, you had let's, let's go and look at a big fridge basically, but it was a very impressive fridge. But I didn't for some reason see their marvelous trophy cabinet with the odd one out. Uh, the odd one out being the bottle of champagne presented to the winner of the 2008 Canadian Grand Prix, uh, who was driving a BMW Sauber, and that was Robert Kibitza. Uh, now, visitors to uh, the Sauber factory are told that the reason that this is uh, an odd one out bottle of champagne, and apologies for doing a bottle of champagne story so soon after the uh, last bottle of champagne story a decade ago, uh, the reason this one is uh, full and uncorked is because uh, Robert got so emotional on the podium, he completely forgot to spray the champagne. I mean, that's not true. Uh, it is a lie that's per- been perpetuated for over a decade, and this week uh, the team that is now Alfa Romeo has come clean. What is the truth, Nick? Um, BMW stuck their arm at their back and nicked it. <laughs> So this uh, yes, is a there fake. There's a row between BMW of BMW Sauber fame and Sauber of Alfa Romeo fame um, about who was going to actually get the, the winning bottle of uh, bubbly, empty bottle of bubbly to stick in the trophy and BMW won on the basis that they were the ones putting all the money in. Um, so Mario Tyson just nicked it, I think, and stuck it in his luggage and that was it. And so the uh, Sauber people said, uh, could you make us another one to the FIA? I was, and the FO went, all right then, but one they made was still full of booze. Ah. But in other uh, aspects, it's completely the same. Yeah. In fact, it's just a fake. <laughs> but it's a nice story. And of course, I mean, it's, 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 of course you know, with Robert Kubica going back to Canada, the scene of both his greatest triumph. Oh, Nick, what are you doing? That Nick's just fallen off his chair. What happened there? I was Charlie jumped in. My cat was meowing, 
and I tried to throw him out, and in throwing him out, he managed to get himself mixed up with my headset and put it off my head. Excellent. It's, it's, it's all go here. Pets, guests, the whole lot. I'm surprised you don't have some kind of reptile holding it on your head for you. <laughs> with only... They're hard to train. Mm. Moving on. Uh, I don't think there's any more Formula One uh, stories. Okay. Day. Um, it's a race next weekend, by the way. In Canada. Is it in Canada, by any chance? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, uh, it's only I it's only 20 minutes mention... before Love Island, and obviously, you know, that's pretty Ooh. much the same as... Uh, and also TT highlights. Uh, and that's pretty much the same as... That's going to be interesting today. Um, that, that's pretty much the same as Formula One in Canada, because that's Love Island, isn't it? Because everybody loves the island. It does, and of course, they have got new pits this week, this week, this year. They've got a new pit complex after 27 years. They built, yep, built a whole new set of pits. I have a pit complex. I can't possibly go in them. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed. <laughs> I used to enjoy it. Now I've got a phobia. It's a pits complex. Moving on. Uh, I was briefly going to talk about rallying, but I'm not sure. You've I can lost be the world to live. Uh, yeah. Because it was only the FIA European Rally Championship, <sighs> and uh, uh, a young driver um, in uh, the Latvian round of that uh, called uh, Oliver Solberg. Is he a relation manager? Yes, he is. Too young to drive on the road. Mm-hmm. Stage winner. Yeah. Yeah. And currently fourth in the championship. How does Jean Todd feel about that for road safety then? <laughs> what, putting <laughs> kids, teenage, teenage boys into rally cars? Un- underage kids who don't have driving licences driving at three times the speed limit. That, that, those last two sentences uttered by Tim were such a feed that I couldn't go with on this programme. We need to move away from that immediately. <laughs> hey, it was fun learning about submarines, to use a great friend's line. There's always a friend's line for everything. Uh, moving on. Uh, do you want to talk about the competition now? Oh, OK. Ooh, am Shall... I going to win? No. no. Uh, or, uh, shall we? Shall we do? I'd like to, yes. I, th- I think this is an appropriate moment. Uh, because we've got a massive competition coming up uh, for you over the next few weeks. Maybe we'll do that later. Oh, OK. I, I wondered if our guest was on the line there and you hadn't told me. I was expecting that a bit later, to be honest. Don't worry about that. We'll get that later on. I, I was hoping the guest was there and nope. ended up uh, guest uh, not... Not, uh, there. not being there because uh, uh, we'll try again with the guest a little bit later on. Okay, that's no problem. But we have, we have got. Shall we talk? Uh, can I talk a little bit, please? Um, and uh, we're going to get Dex up in the in the second hour, and he might have some thoughts on this as well. But I would like to talk a little bit about last weekend on on another Love Island, on eel. Ah, um, yes. On the eel in the. The Bell Eel. The Detroit, uh, the Detroit River, yes. The Eel de Bell. Um, so can we talk about that a little bit? Yes. Yeah, OK. But the sports car news then. You, uh, you actually managed to uh, get away with not having a wet uh, race. Or did we ever, but only just. And in fact, the, the weather dropped and delayed IndyCar by a good couple of hours. Yes, because uh, having, having switched or got to the end of the... Uh, uh, IMSA race 
I then uh, changed channels and uh, decided to tune in for the start of the IndyCar race. There was there was a lot, and there was a bit of Phil. There was a lot of Phil. A lot of Phil. Mm. They replayed the whole of qualifying, and then they filled some more. Uh, and then they said uh, we might be racing soon, so I thought, oh, good, we might can actually see some cars going round. Can I just ask a question, though, Tim? You are a telly expert because you know you work in the real world of television in your dear job. What do you think was the reason for having delayed the coverage of qualifying of um, IndyCar, which was before the IMSA race, and then there was quite a decent gap, but that was that was delayed until after the IMSA race anyway, even in the US. I I I, I didn't get that. It was there something else on on NBCSN or something? Uh, Originally, they were going to delay it slightly so that they could use the uh, IndyCar qualifying as a lead-in for the IMSA race. But it was the lead-in to the IMSA race. Yeah, but there was a massive gap. So they were trying to close oh, the gap up. I see. So, okay, that that's fine for the US audience. Yes. But why didn't happen- the UK show it live? On Sky F1? The, uh, from what I understand, NBC uh, didn't produce a live feed. Oh, really? At all? At all. Right. Okay. So then... Ha- having, having not told anyone that they weren't going to do that, obviously. So, so hang on. So, so then that meant that Sky F1 couldn't take it even slightly delayed... It had to be when it was when finished. When NBC showed it. Oh, just when NBC showed it. Okay, which was on a bit of a delay. Which then got norsed up anyway. Okay, that's yes. fine. Th- there was a, quite a lot of vitriol on the um, Midweek Motorsport Listeners Collective. Now the Radio Show Limited uh, Collective for uh, the period over Le Mans. Um, and N24. Uh, and N24, yes. Uh, check out the... Uh, the new collective then. Um, we're just bringing everything together. It's the together. old one. It's not. It's got a different picture. It must be different. Um, Tim, really? Um, and uh, We're so honest people, John. We're not going to oversell something that hasn't actually it. changed. I'm selling it. Um, and there was a lot of vitriol on there. Um, we've got a high weekend. trust rating from Facebook. That's very good. Uh, we, so the, we've been... Uh, Facebook, if you don't know, uh, looks at people's uh, pages and assesses how much fake news there is on them. And we've got a zero fake news rating from Facebook, so we can be quite smug about that. Oh, I can change that. Let's get some more Jacques, <laughs> get some more Jacques Villeneuve and Helen Marco quotes, quotes on, on that. News. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, there was a lot of vitriol on that the weekend about, oh, how dare they? This is disgraceful. Oh, Sky One have let us, Sky F1 have let us down. They've lied. They have lied. They have cheated us. Why am I paying my subscription? NBC and, were trying to be clever and they right, okay. messed it up. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, apparently. According to some posters on there, it was all Detroit Grand Prix and IMSA's fault. They have demanded that it was delayed. What absolute, complete and utter ballast. It's absolutely unbelievable. It's nothing to do with IMSA at all. Nothing to do with the Detroit Grand Prix. They had a very sensible schedule on Saturday. And it was. And then all... it rained and ruined it all. Well, that... no, but it was great for me because it meant I could listen to the Champions League final on my drive back from Detroit to Chicago. Uh, and then um, 
uh, and then listen to the start of the IndyCar race because it, it started just after the Champions League final finished. But then because the IndyCar race was so delayed, uh, they had to take it off of uh, NBC. They had to what? Take it off of NBC. You mean just take it off NBC? Not uh, off of? Well. No. It, it does need mm. an off. Mm. They had to remove it, displace it from okay. NBC. Uh-huh. Uh, to CNBC, which is obviously ah. the logical place for motor racing. Always. Uh, so that uh, people who live in America, like Declan Brennan, could watch the local news. Yeah, exactly so. Uh, anyway, the Chevrolet Sports Car Classic was a bit of a bitty affair uh, at the weekend. It was another win for the Accurate Team Penske uh, squad and another win for the drivers of all six, or uh, number I six. A, I have a question, John. Mm. And my question is, having seen the the victorious Acura, mm. does Dane Cameron have the biggest seat insert in sports car racing? Almost certainly. Because, my gosh, has one put on some timber? Yes, Not but it's a happy one. We talked about this the other week. He's happy did, one. Yeah, you mentioned it, and I saw it. I thought, oh, my God, he's enormous for a racing driver. Double, double ice cream now. One Montoya. Mm. Double Montoya. Um, but he's happy. He's smiling. And when he's happy and smiling, he's quick. He's really quick. Fabulous first stint by Montoya. Dame Cameron brought it home ahead of uh, Philippe Nazar and Pipo Durrani, both who drove brilliantly well in the wheel engineering Cadillac. Uh, and they, at the end were, um, I don't know, what was it? I can't remember how far they were back. But the, two, the fastest laps of the two cars, 1 minute 20.9, 1 minute 20.9. Just unbelievable. Uh, Ricky Till and Elio Castro Nevis for the minute of 1-3 for Accurate Team Penske. Uh, and then it was JDC Miller Motorsports uh, next up in fourth and fifth after an absolutely awful weekend where both cars were either in the wall, broken down, stopped on the circuit, getting hit by people. Oh, it was rubbish for them. In GT Daytona, Jack Hawksworth and Richard Highstand brought the Invasa Sullivan Lexus RCF GT3 home. Um, uh, ahead of Pat Long and Zachary Robichon. Zach Robichon uh, making his debut for that team, filling in for Patrick Lindsay, who was there, but was concentrating on flying uh, a plane load of drivers over to Le Mans on Saturday night. Townsend Bell and Frankie Monte Calvo uh, made it a 1-3 for the Lexus team as well. Mm. Uh, very, very good indeed. Uh, and, I, you know, the last... Whatever it was, 20 minutes when we had green flag racing, it was fabulous. Before that, it was so bitty, so disappointing because we'd had a fantastic qualifying session and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, lap records getting pezzled all over the place. Um, and uh, I, I, I was sort of, it was sort of mixed for me. Did you watch the race, Nick? Did you? I know, I watched both the IndyCar races, but I didn't watch the, because obviously. It, it, whilst the IMSA service is great you can't really DVR it and I DVR'd both the IndyCar races and oh, watched yeah. them with the, the ability to cut out um, what well, not advert breaks but just the complete we get silence just, which is, the, you know, the, it's not complete silence you get some a- atmospheric noise yes they went oh, yes, back right. they went sometimes. back to what they'd done at the early part of the season didn't they sometimes, enjoyed, sometimes you hear a VT machine spooling backwards I enjoy both IndyCar races which isn't something I always say I especially enjoy the one on Saturday when it was wet. That was a we'll talk race. more about those in the second hour. Oh, really? We, yes, okay. uh, with Declan Brennan, who's also going to talk to us about uh, the local news from Massachusetts. 
<laughs> Apparently, he was watching uh, a farm throwing championship in Springfield, Massachusetts. I don't think he gets CNBC. No, okay. I'm not sure how you throw a farm. You have to be pretty strong. Good over body strength, I would think. Uh, it's Midweek Motorsports Series 14, episode 22. Maybe it needs global radio coverage. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'd spec your team, man. Steve Tarrant is tuned in tonight. All right, Legless, how you doing, mate? Uh, at the Marshalls campsite, streaming nicely via the media room Wi-Fi. Very good. Uh, see you down well, there. Well, there's no media there at the moment, is there? Uh, yes, but there is a room. Uh, hello. Uh, hello to Ben, who's tuning in. Uh, Catherine, uh, Catherine Leg, I felt very sorry to Sarah Rigby when they got spun around near the end of the race. It, it was, it was Basha Brit Day at uh, at Detroit in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Catherine Leg, Ollie Jarvis, and Harry Tinknell all got spun out of the race by contact. Amazing. Uh, moving on. Right now. We are going to talk now. about now. We are going to talk about our wonderful competition. Delighted to welcome to Midweek Motorsport Dominic Wishlade from Jura, one of our sponsors from uh, Le Mans Mobile One Radio Le Mans last year. And uh, back with us, first of all, I should say, Dominic. Thank you very much indeed for supporting uh, Radio Le Mans, Mobile One Radio Le Mans again for 2019. Have you, first of all, has Jura had a good year? Not, not at all bad, actually, John. Thank you. Good to talk to you again. Um, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting year. Um, I think for anybody in business, it's been an interesting year, and it probably will be an interesting year next year, but we, we, we're doing okay at the minute. Yeah, thank the, you. The good news in uh, any times when there's, uh, when there's a little uncertainty, Eve calls it the flight to quality. If people are going to spend any money at all, they're going to make sure they go for the best. And therefore, I presume there are still people knocking on Jura's door for, for garage uh, storage solutions. Yeah, very much, really, John. I think um, we, we've also ventured into new areas. We're doing a lot more motorsport than we've ever done. Um, as you probably know, we've always primarily been in uh, specialised in, in automotive workshops um, for the automotive aftermarket. That's, that was our speciality when we came out with this sort of first modular system. We also do... Um, uh, residential garages, as, as, as you probably know, but we've also ventured off into the industrial sector with with really the same sort of speciality of specifically people that want a state-of-the-art workshop. Then we're not just looking for people that want sort of functional furniture, but something that sets their business apart or their team apart or whatever. So it's been an interesting time in that respect. Well, um, and we wish you the best for that. By the way, the award-winning uh, solutions that Jura... Um, provide www.juragarages.com and they literally have got everything and if you want to really hear about uh, what Dominic and his hard-working team do here in the UK uh, all designed and built here in the UK then search our Inside Jura program that we made uh, last year and in fact we'll be playing that again after Midweek Motorsport this evening for uh, those of you that didn't catch it the first time around. Now part of being involved with Mobile One Radio Le Mans last year, uh, Dominic, was that uh, you gave some very lucky uh, Radio Show Limited listeners the opportunity to come and find out a little more what it's like to drive on a motor racing circuit without having to take them too far away from your home base. We certainly did, yeah, and that went down really well. We have um, 
one of Face Performance Simulators uh, here in, in Brackley. Um, obviously, we have a, a tie-up with uh, Darren Turner of the, the Works um, Aston Martin Racing Team. And uh, we have one of Darren's simulators here, which we've had for a, well, a year or two now. And, uh, yeah, we're going to hold a day for, for three lucky winners to win a pair each of, of tickets. So they get um, a, a full day here and a chance to... Uh, have a trip round any one of, I think we have about 123 different circuits in a variety of conditions and a variety of cars. So the, the variables are, are massive, but uh, it seems to go down well. And I've got to tell you, as someone who doesn't drive racing cars enough, when I do get the offer to go and drive a car uh, somewhere, the, my fo- first call is to base to see if I can get a little bit of time. And I didn't do that when I drove the Radical SR3 at, uh, at Donington and raced that recently. And it did make a difference. My first 20 minutes or so out on the circuit, I, I was really finding my feet, whereas I would have been much further on in my uh, in my experience had I been on the, the simulator, first of all. Now, that competition we're going to run for you um, on Mobile One Radio Le Mans, and it'll be on your website from the 11th of June. Uh, so... Basically, what we're seeing, Dominic, is people should be listening in to Mobile One Radio Le Mans and get all the details. Absolutely, yeah. And and I can make it even simpler, John, because they, they can actually go to uh, dura.com forward slash Le Mans um, and, or just dura.com if they want to find out a bit more about the range of activities that we get up to rather than just the duragarages.com website, right. which purely for the residential side. But uh, don't know if that makes it simpler for you. Jura.com. Okay, that's yeah. that's where we'll we'll send people. Um, you, you mentioned that you, you're picking up on on motorsport. But by, by the way, w- once we find out who those people are, and if we can be there, I'd love to be there and see how the the lads and lasses get on uh, for that. Because uh, we had a smashing. Joe and I had a smashing day when we came over uh, to see you uh, late on uh, last year. Just uh, what's uh, what's going to be new in the business before we let you go, Dominic? I know you're a busy bloke. Well, we have, we're always extending some uh, new products. Obviously, we're working um, fairly heavily now in, in the whole sort of electric vehicle EV range. Um, and obviously, that has an impact in, in the workshop, as you can imagine. So, so we're trying to keep one step ahead of the curve in, in that regard. Um, some interesting projects. We've, we've just kitted out the um, Aston Martin Racing workshops up in Banbury, which has been a fantastic project for us. Um, so it's, it's been an interesting year in that respect plenty going on and we wish you all the best in that it's real quality stuff hit the website ladies and gents if you want to have a look to see what Dominic and his artisans can do and remember from the 11th of June that competition will open up we'll have more details on that for you on Mobile One Radio Lamont how you and a mate can pop along to Jura and have a go at a circuit of your choice on the base performance simulator this is not a video game I'll tell you that now, this is not a video game this is real life stuff it's a sensational experience uh, Dominic we thank you for that and wish you all the best mate. Thank you John let's have a good uh, Le Mans, I hope good to speak to you I've locked Mark in the shed so I get to say still to come on Midweek Motorsport That might be my favourite uh, just on 9 o'clock here, Midweek Motorsport Series 14, episode 22. Uh, still to come, we'll have more of your tweets, please, on Specutainment, at Specutainment. Uh, that is where you get in touch with us here this week, as ever. 
Uh, next week, remember, it'll be Midday Motorsport on RS1 and on Mobile One Radio Le Mans 91.2 FM. Uh, Declan Brennan in the next hour, motorcycles in the next hour, Nick Damon, still a bit of him in the next hour, and we'll be talking about more motorsport as well. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm completely distracted by the fact that we've got a chance to go to Jura in Brackley in the shadow of Mercedes-Benz World Championship winning team and go on that simulator from base uh, performance. More about that from the 11th of June on 91.2 FM. Midweek Motorsport on RS1. Into the second hour, uh, time-wise at least, uh, although we've got a couple of minutes before we actually move into the second 60 minutes because we were enthralled listening to the previous programme. Uh, where would you like to go next, Tim? Uh, we're going to have some sad news now, I'm afraid. Oh, OK. Uh, and the death on Sunday of uh, Alan Rollinson. Right. Uh, Alan uh, raced only one Formula One World Championship Grand Prix. That was the British Grand Prix of 1965 in the Cooper T71 of Gerard Racing. Uh, but he was much more successful uh, in other formula, including uh, Formula 3, Formula 2 and Formula 5000. Uh, he also did a number of non-championship uh, Formula 1 races, uh, including the Alton Park Gold Cup, uh, and he also raced in uh, Spain uh, and uh, Brazil. Uh, so, uh, Alan Rollinson, uh, who was 76, uh, died of cancer on Sunday. But you know what? And uh, both Dex and Nick will appreciate this. When he found out uh, what he was suffering from, uh, he made a special effort... Uh, and uh, went out and uh, drove a car again and raced a car again. I think it was yes, an MX5. only a couple of months ago he yes. was out in an MX5, MX5 at Silverstone. At Silverstone, yeah, top. And he top was still look. fast, apparently. He he was, he was still fast, having not taken part in motor racing for a while and not done that championship. But he got a, a one-off drive in the in one of the MX5 championship. And uh, you know, one of those guys who perhaps his rise through the ranks was a little bit too raf- rapid. Um, he, he should really have had a Formula One chance. He didn't qualify in '65 in the British Grand Prix, uh, and uh, and that maybe just just stifled him getting into the big time. But lived his life well, uh, and uh, we pass on our our best and our condolences, of course, to family and friends of Alan Rollinson, who died at the weekend. And unfortunately, he's not the only uh, death to report this week. Uh, we're moving on to two wheels now. And on Monday, after a 130-mile-an-hour crash at uh, the Isle of Man, uh, Daley Matheson died. He was 27. Uh, Declan Brennan is with us uh, now to talk about the Isle of Man TT. Uh, and Daley's death has cast rather a shadow over it, hasn't it, Declan? It did. Uh, that is uh, very sad news, of course, altogether. Uh, he was, it, it, John. I think you, you, you as a motorcycle rider will appreciate this. The island does take some time to, mm. to fully learn and to fully, uh, you know, uh, uh, you need to grow into it, and you need several years on it before you can really, really begin to to make the most of it. And it felt like at twenty six, I believe, Daly was just getting to the point where. Uh, he was going to it wasn't like he was going to make a breakthrough but i think his performance was certainly going to uh, was going to continue to to 
to move on an upward curve. He was beginning to make a name for himself as a TT zero racer with uh, with the University of Nottingham. Mm. That's uh, the electric. He, that's the electric uh, TT bike uh, initiative, yes. isn't it? Yeah, and he has multiple uh, podium finishes. Like, and they've obviously run that bike against the might of Mugen, uh, uh, and uh, he uh, was obviously uh, penciled into ride that. Well, he was he was inked into ride that this year, and uh, I think Davy Todd is going to ride that bike instead. So the University of Nottingham, uh, effectively. Uh, in consultation with the family, decided to keep the program going uh, for TT Zero. Actually, mm. should have had practice today. Uh, so it, it's sadly it's it's it comes with the territory. There's there's no way we can't avoid the fact that the appeal of the island uh, is also uh, partially the the fact that it is one of the last. Uh, true tests of man and machine from a danger perspective mm. road racing road racing is is in has almost no bearing on on circuit racing now due to the the types of track particularly MotoGP that they race on so so the appeal for a lot of people is obviously uh the fact that the danger levels are so high and, and we cannot it's almost impossible to expect to get through a week of practice and a week of racing uh, without something happening like this. So. I, I want to separate. Uh, I want to separate um, Daley Matheson's death from what we were going to talk about anyway, because we were actually going to have a discussion um, about the the TT anyway. Um, it's a tragedy, of course it is, and uh, Daley's wife Natalie and, he, and his daughter Daisy, our condolences. Uh, to them as well, young lad, youngish lad from from my neck of the woods, actually from Stockton on Tees, up in uh, up in Teesside, just a little bit south from 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 my happy hunting ground. Um, as Declan said, uh, very very good rider, 34th quickest ever, which is extraordinary for somebody who had um, a little experience on the island. He was still an up and coming rider, and the second fastest ever electric bike record last year with 119 miles an hour on a and an electric bike. Um, which we, is... we need to have a separate conversation oh, on some, some stage not... about TT Zero because it's... We, we do. It's, that's less than 10 miles an hour. That's less than 10 miles an hour slower on average than an ICA bike. That's extraordinary. Um, it's it's a tragedy. It's it's a loss. Uh, we're getting on for 260 people who've been killed, riders who've been killed uh, at the TT since 1911, making it by far the most dangerous motorsport uh, event that is still going. Um, around the world, and it's ex- that is a, it's a shocking, shocking figure. Now is not the time to talk about that. Um, we can pause for thought, of course, um, and you know, basically, killing a couple of people a year is is that still acceptable on average? I, I don't know, but this is not the time to talk about that. It, uh, you know, everybody says he died doing what he wanted to do. He was in a good place in his racing career. Just signed a couple of big sponsorship deals. It doesn't take away the fact that he's not going home to his wife and family well, after, John, after this weekend. Can I respond to that just in, in so much? Dean Harrison said something uh, at Ulton Park uh, during the BSB round, which got a lot of headlines about uh, he didn't feel at all uh, uh, in danger at all racing uh, uh, his superbike at at his super stock, I think it was, it was on on his 600 at, at Alton Park. He felt, he didn't feel pressure. He didn't feel uh, in any way that, 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 that his life was in danger. Mm. Uh, and he was bored by that. 
and he absolutely feels that way about the island and it's what makes him and when 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 you when you get it uh you know painted it uh, with those brush strokes uh, you know uh it gives you an idea of of the type of people who are attracted to this. And all I'll say is that as long as there is a type of rider who's attracted to this, there will be a fan like me who wants to see them compete, uh, who wants, and, and as everything gets more anodyne and everything gets way more sanitized, there's going to be less and less. And we're almost at that stage now where this is almost singular in its danger. And, and I think it can't disappear. It, it, and I don't think it will. Mm. Um, Nick Damon is still with us, um, and I'm going to keep Nick with us as well for a, a little while. As I say, I, I want to try and separate that because this, uh, the, the chat that we're going to have with Dex um, about TT, um, we were we were talking about actually a couple of weeks ago, and we've talked about before in this program. So I'm, I'm going to separate that. But we all the best to Denny Matheson's family and friends uh, in, a, in a very a very tough time uh, indeed. Um, Nick Damon staying with us um, because we're talking bikes. Let's talk about the Alamantite. First of all, Dex, um, there was very little practice, actually. And, 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 and in the note that you sent me, you said the early races must have felt like practice for all of the competitors. Correct, yeah. The, the, frustratingly, uh, there was so so little running time uh, last week because of, of, of rain and because of fog. And, and the issues are, are not that you can't, uh, race in in rain it's that they can't send the rescue helicopters up yeah uh so uh when it gets foggy over the mountain and, and the visibility disappears that they they're they're they literally lose a giant uh element of their of their safety and their response efforts so they just can't send the bikes out so we had a lot of that we had uh frustratingly day after day and session after session of practice uh practice uh getting cancelled and uh, and then it, the short periods are like put put a lot of pressure on riders, and we had we've had riders literally going out and doing one lap on on a superbike, and then going in and taking out their super sport, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's like it hasn't been ideal prep, which isn't great for the the lap speeds. It's also not great for safety, really, with these guys like ne- not necessarily being fully comfortable with the conditions. Mm. But uh, but that's what we were faced with, and that's what we have. And we had it again today, actually, where I can't, I'm not giving away any spoilers on races if people are waiting <laughs> to see races from today because they didn't happen. No. So uh, no. <laughs> spoiler spoiler alert: there were no races today. Spoiler alert: there's no spoiler. Uh, that would no... be that's that's the uh, ab- that is literally the uh, <laughs> the plot of the likely lads where they waited around all day to find that's out right. the match was cancelled. That's so, absolutely uh, yeah. right. Um, I, I think it was Peter Hickman though that that I mean the superbike race that that unfortunately um Denny lost his life in. Um, Peter Hickman got the win. He was running a sort of a hybrid with a super super stock frame with a superbike front and rear suspension um, with an unmodified BMW RR1000 engine and he sort of he, he sort of messed around. Nick you've 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 ridden BMW RR1000 you have you've had two of those I mean that's a, that's a very competent bike um, and how how close are we to, to seeing we don't need super bikes anymore well, I'm pretty sure that you'll put a race exhaust on it. You put a race exhaust it. on a standard uh, BMW RR engine, you're looking at 2729 horsepower. Mm. So, you know, you're 30 down, but do you actually need it around the island? Probably not. And 
more importantly, that's got a 6,000 mile life on it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, Nick, it's the thing for me is that I simply, I'm now at the stage where I don't understand why uh, the likes of Smiths and, and Tyco and, uh, and Silicon Engineering and all of the guys who, who run tight ships and have to spend a significant amount of money on their super bikes. I don't understand why when a super stock really, if, if you stopped running super bikes now and then ran super stock for, uh, for uh, the next couple of years, we'll surpass the current lap speeds by then. Uh, you know, uh, maybe the senior could run with super stocks on, uh, mm. w- with a different exhaust on, on race tires, etc. Because that's the different super stocks obviously run on, on, on road tires. But we are getting to the stage where Peter Hickman trouble, had trouble making the superbike work. So they, so they said, okay, let's do this. And they basically, they, they bodged their, their super stock and won the superbike, the opening superbike race. And, 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 there, and there we get the broader issues on the island right now. And you rightly flagged these up a while ago. So that was Peter Hickman. Super Sport, Lee Johnson wins on his R6, um, uh, who, which which he's competing in the, the BSB Championship. So, questions. If you're BMW, what's more significant, winning the Isle of Man or getting on the podium and World Superbike? I'll ask both of you this. If you triumph, you've got a whole Mortal 2 field now, which, by the way, sounds fantastic, and is hitting 300 kilometres an hour at Mugello. Now, is that better than Hickman winning the Supersport race on one of your bikes? And do we even need Superbikes at the Isle of Man? Declan. Yeah, uh, well, the, I think the Isle, the Isle of Man. If you win on the Isle of Man for BMW, uh, and this is a, as much a conversation about where World Superbike is, and at the same time you're throwing money at Sykes and Ryderberger, and they can barely get on the podium in World Superbike. Mm-hmm. And even if they did, Peter Hickman winning on the island is a is a is a global uh, a a glo- a global story. It's a huge headline uh, for them. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, and and his continuing dominance in the top class, and the irony is BMW aren't even spending that much money uh, with Hickman to do that because that's a Smiths is effectively a private team uh, with some BMW support from BMW Motorrad. So so I, I I don't know the answer, but I would have thought that BMW are probably more cock and indeed a hoop about uh, about. <laughs> There's about a hoop Hickman's that they perform- have cocked. Yes, <laughs> yes, they're probably more uh, they're happier about Hickman's performance than they are about the fact that they they're they're. Failing to break the top three in World Superbike. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I said Hickman winning the, the super uh, the super stock race, and of course it was um, uh, no, yeah, well, sorry, super, no, no, what I think, yeah, but what you're saying hypothetically the triumph yes. debate is similar as well. Exactly. If, if Hickman if Hickman was to go out and win the next super sport race, which again would be huge on a triumph. Yes. Is that worth more than them owning so, the branding for the whole, whole Moto2 field? But they do sound fabulous. In fact, I was talking to a couple yes, of people about it. it, it that, that's transformed it, and it has it's had made, it has made it a, a riders' championship as well. That that, but anyway, that's the. So Nick, put on your marketing man's hat, okay, and okay. tell me if if surely Superstock bikes on what we might describe as road tyres or extreme road or hyper road tyres, hyper sport tyres. Surely the bike manufacturers, the road tyre suppliers, Dunlop, Meta, Michelin perhaps as well. That's what I've got on my big BMW now. I, I traded onto those and it's transformed the bike. There's big money, big technology going into road bike tyres, not just 
for super sports and hyper sports bike, but also for big heavy tourers like mine, surely that gives a really good performance uh, premium and and a, a marketing man's and the PRs that, that they get the bang for their book from that, wouldn't they? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's an interesting. Uh... Argument. I'm going to sneeze in a second, by the way. All right. Uh, argument, uh, no, I'm not. Go away with it. Uh, an all interesting right. argument uh, altogether with the situation in in that I'm not sure, and, and it's interesting because, I mean, we are British and Irish, and the Isle of Man, you know, road racing is ingrained very much in, in Irish racing history, and the Isle of Man very, very much in, in British racing history. And I, I, just, I just wonder if we were doing, you know, mid, mid-Voc motorsport in, uh, <laughs> in Germany... Whether it would have that, what what is the worldwide relevance still? No, it's massive, mate. It's well, don't forget, I'm watching it. I'm watching it on 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 a on a channel which is available on YouTube TV here, which is which is a discovery velocity has morphed into motor trend. So I'm watching the same coverage, the ITV coverage, effectively. So it's big enough that it's got a proper channel Mm. uh, on a proper platform showing it every night. You've only got to look on the. On the Radio Show Limited uh, Listeners Collective about how many people are talking about it and where they are around the world and the people who are complaining around the world that they can't get any coverage of it anywhere, you know, in the places that they can't. Um, The other thing that I would say, Dex, now is I'm going to, this might be heresy, but is the day of the Isle of Man and, and possibly even the open road racing specialist are those days over now with oh, the likes of Johnson God. and Hickman being... I mean, Hickman has, has hardly been there. He, he's, he's relatively new at this place. Yeah, he is. And they've he is. Domina- he's dominated last year uh, and this year so far. Yeah, uh, the great point. Uh, Hickman is a relative newcomer and uh, he's obviously cut his teeth in, in road race, mm. uh, uh, short circuit racing. Mm-hmm. Lee Johnson... Smashing blow, uh, by the way. Smashing, yeah, smashing blow. What, a, what, a, what an absolute gem. He's a, Met he's him a, a couple of years ago. Very good. And uh, Lee Johnson is is obviously a, a high-profile figure running uh, in Br- British Supersport uh, on the BSB programme. Running, and So he's a, he's a, a, a short... A short uh, what, what's the... Short course specialist mm. as well. Uh so, the 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 word is that it, the mountain is becoming far more uh, uh, open for for the uh, the the short circuit guys to race effectively mm-hmm. and fast because it just it, the characteristics of the mountain seem to now uh, uh, lend themselves to allowing th- those guys to go quick. Uh, and you're seeing the older specialists, uh, Michael Dunlop struggling, Ian Hutchinson struggling, John McGuinness struggling. Mm-hmm. Granted, that's partially age, but but I I I'm of the opinion that yeah, that if you're if you're on a good bike and you're a uh, and you're interested in in taking the time to learn the track, yeah, uh, something like Josh Brooks did over the last few years, yeah, good you point. can go there, you can go there and be effective. Uh, it's it it just it, it's not not all of them are going to do it, John. You have to be somebody who's willing to to want to do. It. But if you are, I think. And if you're a competent or good short circuit racer, I think that the skills are now transferable, maybe in a way that they haven't been before. Um, the are we seeing in two on two wheels, Nick? What we've seen in some respects, I mean, yeah, we're off to Le Mans. Um, what we've seen at Le Mans, we've seen a classic road circuit which had the vagaries of camber and lorry grooves and all of that 
at Le Mans, over the years, that has been turned into, effectively, a racetrack. Now, it's not quite the same on the Isle of Man, but the bikes have developed to the point where guys can get off short circuit racing and think of the Isle of Man as, as not necessarily a road circuit, but just a really, really, really long racetrack. Nick? I think you've lost, Nick. I think we have. Um, I'll, I'll throw that uh, to... I'll throw that to uh, Dex. Jo- yeah, John, I'll, I'll answer that insofar as that uh, if you get a chance, watch watch the coverage of the first Supersport race mm. and watch how Lee Johnson, who won the race, watch how he rode the bike. Yes, and he that's rode why the I bike. asked that. He backed it in like you would on any any uh, short circuit. He rode it in, in a way, and it was it was visibly, uh, uh, like, so obvious that he was riding that bike in a different way, and he won... He won by uh, by three seconds uh, from Josh from Josh Brooks, uh, but uh, that was only two laps. That race was stopped because of because of uh, bad weather. Uh, but but you could tell his riding style was different. His riding style looked more like a short circuit riding style, and uh, and I, there's definitely something to that. And uh, John, uh, I all uh, the, that plus the development of the bikes and um, uh, all brings us to a point where. Uh, we have to hit a wall. Of, well, that's a terrible choice of words. Excuse me when I go back. I have to hit a, a, a ceiling at some stage where mm-hmm. performance levels can't can't uh, increase too much more because we, we've got to be reaching the edge of the performance envelope uh, at that track. I, I I don't know what more. Maybe in five years' time, we're going to be looking at 140 plus miles an hour yeah. for a super stock bike. And maybe we will do. And that seems insane to me because that will be pushing... Uh, Metzler and Dunlop and and uh, Michelin's uh, tire technology to the, the absolute limits, but uh, uh, but that may be where we're going, and and that we then might get to the stage where we have to think, yeah, this is now getting fundamentally too fast. Yeah, that's and that's, but but at the same time, I, I'm not going to stop watching it. <laughs> and uh, well, you know, Johnny and O'Connell, it's... Johnny O'Connell and I were talking about it at the weekend of Detroit. He's gone over there. He's very excited. He's not been there before. You know that I want to go to the island, and I can't because it's too close. Uh, it's always too close to Le Mans. So, yeah. you know, I've always said eventually when I'm not doing Le Mans anymore, I want to, I want to go to the island, and I want to go on my bike, and I want to ride Mad Sunday. I want to do all the stuff that everybody, everybody does. If you don't know, Mad Mad Sunday is where the uh, on the Isle of Man, other than in Douglas, the capital, there are no speed limits. So once you get out of the town, you can go as fast as you want. Um, and that's all the time. When it's the TT, the whole of the TT circuit is kept one way um, on Sunday during daylight hours. And basically, everybody goes out on bikes and rides it the way they want to ride it and knows there's nothing coming the other way. And yeah, I, you know, I want to do that. I, I wonder... Um, how soon I'm going to have to uh, have to retire from from doing Le Mans to be able to do that uh, as we stand at the moment. I mean, so that's going back to what we were talking about uh, earlier on. It, it is one of the great uh, sporting spectacles uh, around the world, and I, I I everyone I talk to, whether a two-wheeled or a four-wheeled fan. Um, or driver or rider wants to go there, wants to see it. Not everybody wants to do it, in fairness, and I completely understand that as well. It's a bit like the Nürburgring, isn't it? I know of some very good drivers who would never go out in the Nürburgring. Not everybody wants to race it, but they want to go and see it. They want to experience it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's. I think they're at a real 
Um, they're at a real crossroads which on a road circuit like that no, is, that, is... that would be a bad idea at the Isle of Man <laughs> <laughs> yes well, or, the Isle of Man figure of eight circuit would be sensational but, uh... yeah maybe <laughs> uh, let's we, we've lost Nick uh, apologise for that but I want to move on to MotoGP uh, Dex so we'll keep you uh, yes. on this Mugello a circuit that I went to for the first time earlier on this year and I fell in love with the track, oh, God, with what, the what area, like... with the people, with just everything about that place. And, I mean, first of all, what a win for Daniela Petrucci. I mean, that oh, yeah. is huge. That is massive. That is gargantuan. I mean, just keep the superlatives coming. And, I thought and... you said Ducati's only good for 20 minutes. Well... It's good for nearly 50. <laughs> Yeah, they don't care about. Listen, they don't care about whether they feel comfortable or not. I said they were only comfortable for that time. I mean, look, come on, that was that was huge for Petrucci, wasn't it? Yeah, it's uh, as I, I tweeted out just after the race. Uh, uh, the uh, it was first of all, it's like a, a Ducati management saying we're going to wait till uh, Barcelona to announce uh, who will ride alongside Davizioso uh, <laughs> in the in the factory team next year, uh, followed by. They need a producer saying, "Hold my Moretti." <laughs> yes, uh, I uh, saw that. Because uh, uh, he went out and did uh, like his his uh, season to date, and and I know it's been it's been so, so odd. So if you do, if if you're not aware, he signed a one year deal. He'd been riding for Primac, which is the the uh, the their official uh, satellite team. Uh, uh, he'd been riding with Jack Miller for Primac. He'd been uh, knocking on the door of Grand Prix wins. Deservedly got the chance to ride uh, for the factory team when, when Jorge Lorenzo left. Uh, but then they immediately gave him a one-year one contract and made it very public that that contract, uh, that seat was up for grabs in 2020. Uh, and it was between him and the two Primac riders, uh, particularly which which are Jack Miller and Paco Bagnaia. Uh So uh, he... They put a lot of pressure on Petrucci, and Miller had started to perform. Miller got on the podium uh, at, at, uh, in, in America, uh, at Circuit of the Americas. And Petrucci had suffered, and we'd seen it in, in some of his practice sessions. He wasn't there. and and But this weekend, it seemed to click. I think the confidence of get, getting to, to, uh, to uh, Mugello, where uh, the the Ducati and particularly the factory Ducati would be expected to win, mm. at least be certainly fighting. I think it probably gave him a little confidence uh, and he was magnificent. I, I'm not sure they were fully expecting on race day, the straight line speed of the Honda though, because uh, uh, Marquez didn't lose the race because he didn't have enough straight line speed. I think in the end he lost the race because uh, on turn, at turn one on the final lap, he went in a bit too deep. Uh, and opened the door for for Petrucci to get by him and stay there. And and because Marquez was sitting in front of his championship rival, uh, Andrea Divizioso, Marquez didn't feel he needed to to, to push hard for the win uh, and risk everything because he was picking up points on his championship rival. But that gave handed the, the win to Petrucci. Petrucci is arguably now, I'd imagine. It's going to be very difficult for for the the brains trust at at Ducati to uh, not sign him for 2020. No, uh, and it's interesting because they they were putting there was a lot of pressure and a lot of weird stuff was going on because <laughs> Premac had announced that they would they they had had exploratory conversations with 
Alex Marquez about a, a, mm-hmm. a Primax seat for next year, which which Peko Bagnaia is definitely staying with that team next year. What that would have meant, Jack Miller would be leaving, which means Jack Miller was probably, in Petrucci's mind, that meant Jack Miller was getting his uh, seat. And there were so many you know, dominoes that could potentially <laughs> exactly. have fallen, and they've all they've all stayed stayed up straight. I mean, at first, what I'll say about that, Dex, is that I think if you asked any of the riders in the MotoGP paddock, right, you can't win this race, who do you want to win? They would probably have said Petrucci because yeah, he yeah. he is he is such a popular character there, and I mean the emotion was clear, and everybody was giving him a big slap on it. What was it, 124 races or something before he got his yeah. his win or something like that? Fantastic. However, what I will say is fabulous, great. The 84th. Now that's what an 84,000 crowd looks like, by the way, around uh, around Mugello. All of them in yellow hats. Yes, all of them going going home a bit sad. Well, well, okay. Let's talk about Rossi then. Um, Yamaha haven't given him a bike that can that can compete. Even he can't compete on it. I mean, he's he's doing everything by picking it up and throwing it down the road. Um, he'll get to the end of the season, presumably, but then what? Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think so. I, I, I just wonder, is this pushing him towards retirement? I think, uh, because unless, and I know, I, I wish Nick was here cause he'd be, give me the, and maybe you or, or Tim have the better, better uh, understanding of this, but didn't Braun in their previous guys basically, the year before uh, Honda were doing so badly mm. that they basically gave up and started working on the following year's Correct. car before Correct. they then shut the thing down. And basically, Braun had been working for a whole year on the on the on the 2009 yeah. uh, car. Well, I can't remember the year, but you're the, absolutely right because that yeah, was yeah. one of the things that caused caused an issue because they they actually changed engines by the end of the year, hadn't they? When they yeah. were paid to go, basically they got paid to to you know Honda paid to leave effectively yes. and then they had to and then a very long way and people would say well that's not a problem because you know it's only a, you know they, they won't be that far down the line on the next year's car no they were way down the line because they'd started yeah. so early yeah absolutely right absolutely so right so that's my my feeling is that's what Yamaha need to do uh, really? because because what's interesting is the Vinales was the quickest was the quick Quadraro and, uh, and Quadraro still my guy? Well, yeah, he's great. He's no, he's terrific. He's he he is clearly clearly has a uh, has a, a massive massive future. As does Franco Morbidelli. Yeah, but they they couldn't make the bike work there. Uh, it, it was worse for Rossi, and that's whether that's uh, it, it is a clash of of uh, riding styles and performance uh, uh, handling uh, the capabilities of the bike. But, but they're they, as a team, or if, if you think that both, and it, it's believed that both the Patronus and the factory teams are getting the same machinery, mm. then they have a serious problem. Taka Nakagami finished ahead of them on a 2018. Uh, and he did great. He, he had, a, he was brilliant, but he finished fifth on the 2018 LCR Honda. Yeah. Uh, but but Ritz, if you're going to, if you're going to talk about Honda, Lorenzo, I mean, <sighs> he's again. Uh, 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 Where I'm, is he? Uh, he's really, really struggling. I mean, and I know we we've uh, we've talked about this before, and uh, he's 
there's arguments that he's not even anywhere near fully fit uh, and his injuries are, are worse. But yeah, this is it's it's kind of reminds you of of all the excuses that were made and probably rightly so about Rossi when he wrote for Ducati. Oh, his shoulder's not right and blah, 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 blah. And he never. But but Jorge Lorenzo a year ago was uh, had just uh, won the Italian Grand Prix once they basically Ducati had sorted out his his uh, his balance issues and they'd moved the fuel tank and Correct. it created a bike that worked for him and he won 20 seconds later he signs for Honda and then goes out the, the following week and wins again and uh, in Barcelona and, and now I, I wonder is there any any uh, little bit of him thinking why didn't I just wait why did I why did I go because he's no, but that he's said, clearly Dex, not the number one no he's no not he's not Honda's no he's one. not but that said if you look at the sharp end of the field um Honda have, have found power. They've found horsepower. Because, yeah, they have. I mean, Marquez in a straight line. I mean, that's a long straight. That's a long straight at Mugello. And I love the lines they take going into the hash marks of the, the pit entry and the pit exit. Oh, and it scares me every unbelievable time. stuff. But, I mean... <laughs> In fact, Alan Prosser has just tweeted at Speculatement a picture of the corner, the last, the first corner on the last lap, where the guys are side by side by side, effectively. Well, uh, and my goodness me, you, you've got to say that was a slight mistake on the last corner by Marquez. He might have, he might have been able to win that race. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just on that subject of of that particular th- the the trap speeds. Are are now uh, are just uh, are, uh, the fastest race speed was three hundred and fifty three point eight kilometers an hour what? by Mike- by Michaeli Piro, but the fastest trap speed overall was three fifty six point seven, uh, which comes out at drum roll please that's two hundred and twenty one miles an hour. No way. Two hundred and twenty one point six four three one miles per hour. Yes. And the six four three one's really important. <laughs> And they get light as they they crest as they come off the painted part, as he said, of pit exit, and they go over that brow. They they the bike gets very light, and and they are genuinely the the riders are, and it's kind of about the breaking point. Yeah. And the riders, it it's it's the one part of of that track now that genuinely scares the riders. I've now got are... to go. I've now got to go. Now I've been to that track to watch cars, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and the. The scenery around there is fantastic. I have got to somehow get my bike down there and ride to that track um, uh, in the future. It's got to be done. That has gone right to the top of my list since I've been there. And then I watched it um, when I got back home. I was I was on a daytime flight out of Chicago on on Sunday on American Airlines on the Dayliner on one of the new well, the... Um, 787s. And, and I came back, I'd put it on tape, and that was what I watched the moment I sat, sat down actually built, beat the responsible adult home. Um, and I sat down, I had a lovely drive back from Heathrow. Um, of course, every road was being dug up on a Sunday night. So I was I came across country in the 968, in the dark, in the quiet, got back, watched that with a glass, and I just thought to myself, now nah, I've got to be there. I've well, got to I, be there. I need to go there I, 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 for Dex, a couple of reasons. Man. Oh God, yeah, and and it'll be weird to go there in the post Rossi era as well, yes. which is going to be fascinating. Yes. But 
Moto 3, just on the subject of, of, that, of that track and that layout, gives you just great slipstreaming, which, you know, uh, slipstreaming, which, which is... Verge is dis- disappeared completely effectively in car racing other than, you know, on, on some ovals and stuff. And uh, you get it at Indy a little bit. But uh, generally in, in car racing, it's disappeared. But we had Tony Arbolino win the Moto3 with a – he slipstreamed his way to, to the victory, like led for the last six, six and a half inches, you know. Uh, uh, the top three were separated by 0. 0.078 of a second, uh, at, which is fantastic. But it, as a track, uh, it, it – it is perfect for motorcycles. Absolutely oh, perfect. But you're right. The, back to the main point you made there, Honda uh, are, are, seem to have developed a bit more grunt. The fact that during the race, uh, we saw the almost impossible, which was on, on the front straight, Marquez was able to basically hunt down oh. the two Ducatis and go buy them, which must have must have shocked them. Because, uh, But as, as he said in the end, almost he carried too, too much speed into turn one. Yeah, and 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 because of that, Petrucci was able to nip by and get the win, which is brilliant for him. And if if he was to follow on a recent pattern, it means he's going to win in Barcelona. I don't think that's going to happen, but it would be great if he did, because then he would literally have cemented. There's no way if they didn't give him the contract for 2020 after winning in Barcelona, then literally they're the cruelest human beings who've ever lived. Mm. They yeah, are. I, I, you you mentioned uh, you mentioned drive there. I have a counter argument to this. Oh, go on then. Because yes. it's, it's basically the Tommy Bridewell approach. <laughs> Only drive or ride well when your contract's under threat. Oh, well, there's loads of racing drivers oh, who used Elio to do that. I was just, I knew! Elio, I was, Elio De Angelis was I the king of it. I knew it's that like, you were going to mention Elio De Angelis. Elio, he'd wake up in the morning, he'd yawn, he'd look at the calendar and go, oh, it's, it's mid-August, I'd better start being good. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, triumph. <laughs> Moto 2, 300 kilometres an hour at Mugello. That's not hanging about either, is it? I mean, we That's talked about how good they were. 186 miles an hour on a, on a Moto 2 bike, on a 600. That's that's. Uh, that's- that's but, and bonkers, isn't and it? that that racing again was great. Not as good as Moto Three, but then it's it's Moto Two, uh, uh, but it's been really good. And and we've said it. I'll say it. Uh, so for for fear of uh, of repeating myself, the the characteristics of that engine have meant that uh, the racing has been great. And and we have seen it's both uh, Calix uh, are, are still dominate, dominating, but we've basically seen a, a little bit more uh, leveling off the competition between the chassis manufacturers. But uh, but it is uh, generally the racing has been really, really, really good. In and the Triumph uh, engine is is definitely no, uh, it's made a difference. Of, it's yes. made a huge difference. Um, the responsible I tweeted uh, when we started talking. Uh, about bikes uh, at the top of the second arrow thereabouts. Is the Alaman TT too dangerous, or does it look too dangerous in what is, in some ways, an anodyne age? I'm going to read you some of the things that have come back uh, to that. That's a great question. Beautifully it, it, framed, it, by the way. It, well, it's the responsible adult. What would you expect? Yeah. Um, too dangerous, says Crazy Max 46 So that'll tell you that he's uh, a two-wheel fan. Uh, no one makes people race that track. You accept the risks. You can't put a halo around a motorcycle. Ben, I don't think we should develop an illusion that any motor racing is safe. I think the bikes are always going to be more difficult to make safe. But uh, I think rather than the track, it will be develop of, development of rider safety gear like the airbag leathers that we've oh, seen. Oh, God, that will that's, make the huge, that's massive. That's massive. 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 Yeah, the, you see it. You you you've probably seen one accident every week in motorcycle across the classes. 
and you look and you go even even on the on the the grade one motorcycle tracks and you look and you go how did he walk away no, from that but I they do I know they, do. they walk away awkwardly because their bags inflated uh, yeah it, it's, it's not a good look but, uh, it isn't no. a good look um john mccarthy says it's always been too dangerous on the island some for some of them that's why they do it they're complete nutters adt says brain out bigger spherical objects in that's all we need to know everything else is dangerous would we ban stairs because someone dies falling down them no we don't a thousand people die yes, after falling stairs down are, stairs. stairs aren't designed to kill you no that's no all thousand, but sometimes thousand, they do yes a thousand people die after falling downstairs. A hundred million injured. Could this put the TT into perspective? It's, it, listen, I, there's no right or wrong on this, so I'm not passing judgment here. Um, considering how little racing we've had here because it's too dangerous sometimes to race, I'd side uh, with the latter. The organisers do everything in their power to make it as safe as can be. That was Scott McDonald. The Real Slim says, um, in the answer to, does it look too dangerous or is it too dangerous? Uh, the, uh, the Real Slim says both. If people are paid to be there... Um, it's too dangerous, but people, uh, no one should have that re- level of risk at work. On the other hand, uh, most of the entrants choose to be there because they want that risk. It would be a sad world if all choice was taken away from people, even if they are complete nutless. And he says that with a smile on his face. Uh, Juan says, I sort of feel I'm running out of a bit of a respect for those people. Kill yourself in public? Fine. But I don't have to watch... And I won't defend the indefensible after yet another Isle of Man TT death. They will get racing banned if we let them. The line between heroism and lunacy, fine, but clear. An interesting point. And I'll throw this one in at the end, Dex, before we come back to you and Tim on this. Uh, Sports Car Racing Forever says, let's not forget that many professional riders have pressed for the Isle of an end to the Isle of Man TT since going back to the early 1970s, 1972, in fact. Yeah. So it's uh, not like true lovers of speed. Uh, it's not like the true lovers of speed are against the anodyne world lovers situation. In fact, the riders are split on the issue themselves. And in some ways... In, in point of fact, that's that's a very good point out of all of those. Great points, all of those, to be honest, Dex. But there's always been a split between the road races and the circuit races. And, and going back to what we were saying about the specific circuit races, one of the reasons that they developed into what they are is because some of the, the road races wouldn't go to the island. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and started with Agostini and... and uh... And uh, and Barry Sheen effectively mm. uh, uh, and the Grand Prix riders effectively boycotting it in 1976, and, uh, and and it changed the event uh, pretty much there and then. Uh, although ultimately it hasn't, because I think the allure is still exactly no, the I same. Agree. The speeds the speeds are extraordinary. I will continue to to follow it, and I will continue to look forward to it until the day they ban it or it has to stop. Uh, I, I reserve the right at some stage in the future to look at it and say, no, we are now getting to a point where this is ridiculous. Yeah. As I said, if we reach, if we break, I don't know what the barrier is, if it's 140 or 145 or 150, but if the averages start to get, start to push up uh, significantly past where they mm. are now, and granted we're at 135 average lap now. Yeah, I know. Uh, and if we go, if it's going to, we're going to have to look at it and think, well, is this because that partially that means that further down the grid guys on on well sorted out bikes with good tires as amateurs and semi pros or whatever will be doing 130 oh, plus miles an hour you know how about this dex though here's an interesting one um 
Sam Pierce at Speculatement at the race till. The TT is one of the world's greatest races. Um, there seems to be a lot of people who like bashing the TT. It is dangerous. But they rarely mention the Northwest 200, Cookstown, or any one of the other Irish road races where they're not hanging about on really tight country lanes. Yeah, now, my yeah. answer to that is there, there's not been as many deaths in those races as there in any in fact in probably all of those races together as there has been the Alaban. if i'm wrong on the numbers it doesn't matter because one yeah. death is one death too many but I, it's nearly as i said before it's nearly 260 people have been killed since 1911 on the isle of man in competition that's competition that doesn't count for there have been some spectators killed as well and i, and I think that is also something that has to be taken into into consideration um why is that? And, and I've and I've answered that, Dex, that I wonder if there's a little more respect when you're racing. Because for those that don't know, all of those Irish road races, you don't go off on your own like you do on the Isle of Man. You're racing. It's pack racing. It's, a, it's extraordinary, yeah. by the way. But I think in some ways that slows people down a little bit, maybe. It also means you're not always... The Isle of Man, effectively, what you're doing there... Is qualifying lap after qualifying lap after qualifying lap. Whereas when you're yeah. racing in pack, it's a it's a different it's a different mindset. It is, although you know William was killed at Scarry's last. William yes. Dunlop was killed at Scarry's last year, and and we we've had Oliver's Mount has uh, you know uh, granted that's arguably a slightly safer road course, but but there's always fatalities at the Northwest and and bad injuries and and uh, uh, I. I don't. I, th- I think ultimately the magnifying glass is always going to be in the island because it's the island. I think mm-hmm. it's what's remarkable. Actually, I, I, I find one of the big issues I have is that I don't understand why more people don't watch the Northwest 200 because because the racing is actually better. The slipstreaming is unbelievable. Uh, the coverage uh, with the way BBC covers it is absolutely fantastic. It's a, it's a in some respects it's a more spectacular event. Uh, but yet the focus is still on the island because it's the island, it's the history. It's the, and, and, and unfortunately, intertwined into the DNA, into its DNA is its danger. And, and people are going to focus on it. And it somehow slips under the, under the radar. Like, you know, there's other sports that are so dangerous that, that you know, they, 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 people, they get banned or, or whatever, or they're, they're, not rec- they're no longer Olympic sports. Or, yeah. And now I'm now trying to think of, some, of one that... Uh, or it's almost like because... Well, uh, Matthew, well, Hindman, are, Matthew, oh, Matthew Hindman has said, Dex, regarding the Isle of Man, isn't it the same as Mike Conway or this week, Max Chilton, saying they don't want to race on ovals and IndyCar anymore? Everyone has to make a personal decision about the danger yes, levels that they exactly. will accept. It's, it's not something that you perhaps ne- need to legislate for. And by the way, Alan Prosser rightly points out the Triumph engine is a 765cc triple, not it's the It's not 600. a 600, yeah. correct. It is, yeah, mm. the, hot, the, the old I engine was a CBR 600. Right. And okay. As soon as I came out of my mouth, I knew I was right. I, I know. Uh, All right. Uh, listen, we... That'll, we... Be, that'll be on my gravestone, by the way. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I knew I was wrong. All right. Um, quick, <laughs> a quick note from Tim and then we're going to move on. Right. One of the reasons that uh, deaths at the TT always make the news is because actually they are comparatively rare uh we all, all say it happens every year but if you compare deaths in motorbike racing to deaths on motorbikes on the road uh they just dwarf in comparison germany a motorcyclist dies every week in canada and australia though, it? it's four every week what? in the uk wow. it's one every day yeah in Aus- in america there are ten, sorry, one hundred 
motorcycle deaths every week. Mm. Wow. That's extraordinary. That is extraordinary. All right, uh, you're listening to Midweek Motorsport. Declan Brennan still with us. Series 14, episode uh, 22. Um, uh, just to prove we are live. Oh, yeah, what is it? Uh, Glamorgan beat Northamptonshire by an innings and 143 oh. runs. Okay, that's just that's just numbers and sounds to uh, share. That's something else we've got to teach you. But she's not Korea. listening because she's... Well, uh, on, why, are they, why are they playing in a World Cup summer? Oh, there's all sorts of county cricket going on at the moment. Oh, for yeah, God's oh, sake. Derby, who presumably are your team? Uh, no, uh, no, my, my team. My team was always Worcester. Worcester, saucy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let, right let's, Worcester let's weren't on. playing today. Right, let's let, uh, let's move on. We've, on we've got Twitter. Yeah, go on. Uh, more kitchen-related <laughs> nonsense. Okay. Uh, Yes, I am selling one of my two dishwashers. Oh, are you? Uh, I'm also selling one of my two wine coolers. Right. Uh, oh, really? Yes. I might have to have a word with The little one. All right. Um, quick, I, need, I need one for the studio, you see. Sarah Rigby <laughs> yes. and Dave Alcock yes. have uh, discovered a shared love of Xanadu. Yes, yes. Uh, the Sarah film. Rigby. Yes, the yes. Film Xanadu. Yes. And oh my God, the Olivia Newton John soundtrack with the ELO. Magic. Magic. That's um, one of the tracks. Yeah. Right, listen, very important. Uh, yes, Robert Stigwood, Saturday Night Favour, Robert Stigwood. Um, let, um, and before we move on... No, no, very, this, is, this is very important. Sarah Rigby has asked about next week, and a number of people are asking about next week's midday motorsport. Is that midday in the UK or midday in France? It's midday in the UK. Yes. It's midday motorsport, because it's 8 o'clock in the UK when we do that. So it's midday motorsport. That'll be 1 o'clock on Mobile One uh, 91.2 FM. And also because John doesn't want to get up early enough to do it at midday. No, well, it just means we run straight into our live coverage of the uh, of the first uh, free practice session. And Sarah says she's at work at that on that time, so can you get the podcast up? I've suggested that if you want... And I think we can probably do this, Tim, and I'm going to ask you this on the end. I've not, I've not asked you this. Can we play midweek motorsport at 8 o'clock, it's normal time, on RS3? Possibly. Right. I won't be here uh, to do that at 8pm. But, but can, uh, but can we do the, that? I think it's Kerry's the evening producer that day, so uh, we can, will make sure she we'll, we'll turn that looks round. at. So if you don't want the list, it'll be 9 o'clock in France at that time, and so we'll be starting the the dinner break yes. at that point. Now we'll we've still we'll got be on our... Uh, uh, Road to Le Mans preview show. We'll be on the Road to Le Mans preview show. So we'll offer you a choice of listening next week at nine o'clock you uh, at eight o'clock UK time. Uh, we will on RS3. We will replay midday motorsport. And Sarah, that 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 that's for you. You've suggested that we could do uh, do that. And whilst we're talking about, sorry, can I interrupt? The, the responsible adult to say, of course you can interrupt. Who had a shared love of Xanadu? Uh, Sarah Rigby and Dave Alcock. They're in the movie, right? Not the poem. Yes, the movie. ELO, Olivia Newton-John. That's fine. A stately pleasure dome decree where Alf the Sacred River ran through caverns measureless to man down to a sunless sea. Sunless sea, yeah. The sunless sea was Southport, I think. Sorry. You laugh much louder than you talk, Eve. 
<laughs> that uh, is that is the level of highbrow humour you get on air. No, very good. Early on when read we books, were talking, kids, read books. It'll read always. Books, uh, kids. You need to read books or you won't understand this uh, <laughs> program. And also watch films and listen to music. Yes. And well, you have to uh, watch Xanadu because it's rubbish. <laughs> no, you've got but, to believe it's magic. But do go and read the poem anyway. Right. Uh, uh, Earlier on, when you talk about the TT, John, yes. uh, you mentioned Crossroads. Yes. Too late. I couldn't get it in before that. That was the very first opportunity. You've no, very stopped good. talking along. Very that. good. The responsible adult is here. I am. Um, and uh, to talk about Mobile One Radio Le Mans because uh, tomorrow it all changes. Yes. I, I think that that was well, wasn't yes wasn't that the Torchwood line? Yes, all the branding changes. Right. So on uh, radiolamont.com or radio-show.co.uk, it'll be Mobile One Radio Le Mans. Correct. Uh, from eight o'clock tomorrow night. Yes, that's right. The jingles change. Yes. 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 The jingles change the branding. The whole branding suite changes. And we, yes, and and this is earlier than normal. We, we get to have uh, Eve's favourite music more often. Yes, which is the start. The, the one that makes me cry. The one that makes Eve cry. Correct. The I, one I she said sounded me- like the Masters. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And the one that make the the one that made me cry on Sunday. Yes. As it always does. Um, and we'll start at eight o'clock UK time tomorrow night when Shea Adam, Paul Truswell, and me uh, will be and Richard Webb. Uh, well, I was going to say, and Richard Webb will be kicking off the Travel Destinations Countdown to Le Mans with the first of our previews. And what are we talking about tomorrow night, Tim? Uh, tomorrow we're going to start with GTE. GTE. Uh, pro and Am, or we're doing set and Pro? Pro and Am. Let's do Am first, and then we'll move on to Pro. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, we can do that. And then... Trusses has been crunching the numbers, so uh, we'll have him on tomorrow. Shea's been doing her zillion page homework on everything and then presumably LMP2 on Friday at 8 yes. o'clock and LMP1 and P1 hybrid on Saturday correct that, that's, we're starting we're starting Mobile One Radio Lamont even earlier than ever there's a host of programming that's getting added to the RS1 schedule at, at, at literally almost as we think up the ideas from them um, and Tim and I had a bit of a brainstorming session and came up with a few ideas for programmes um, even as late as this afternoon. So keep your eye on that and keep refreshing it. And Eve, you've got some big news for us, and particularly for those in the States yes. about our Mobile One Radio Le Mans coverage yes. of, of the race in particular. Yes, we will be on satellite radio again across North America. I don't have channel numbers. It's Sirius XM, but I don't have channel numbers yet because they still have to confirm those. But we will be broadcast live on satellite radio across North America. So if you're moving around uh, during the race itself, we'll give you the full details of when they're going to John, come over to us. Go ahead, Dex. John, I will be listening to it on my uh, in my car as I'm driving to listen to this. I'm driving to watch AMA Flat Track for the first oh. time. <laughs> Fantastic. With your uh, boys. Yes. Yes. With my little boy, I am going to watch AMA Flat Track. I am Fantastic. insanely excited. Helen Pardy is getting, who moved, the lovely Helen who moved from IMSA is now coordinator of the series at, yes, uh, at AMA. And, uh, and I'll be going as her, going as her guest uh, up to New Hampshire and I can't flipping wait. And I've had to 
heavily abridged what I actually wanted to say there. But uh, that is a bucket list item being ticked off. Going to see AMA Flat Track. Hopefully going to see Jared Mays kick a bit of arse. Well, and and we'll we'll let you know exactly what you're going to be able to hear on uh, Sirius XM at the weekend. Of course, you can tune in and on RS1 all the way through the week. We'll have exclusive coverage from Scrutineering with Shea on Sunday and Monday. We've got a replay of Test Day uh, on Monday. We've got the whole race from last year playing again on Tuesday, which is Tim's idea, which I think is brilliant. And we're going to try and put together a couple of special shows about great Le Mans finishes as well, uh, which we'll try and slot in there, as well as a couple of other special programmes. That's something else we've tasked Shay to do once yes, she's finished uh, listening to. But that's not all of the news. No. Because Shay has been... Of course, Shay, because uh, Eva's been busy today doing some last-minute deals. What have we got? Uh, well, we've got... Thanks to Mr. Andy Blackmore. The genius that is. Uh, And his association with an organisation called Full Talk Gear. I have one of their T-shirts. I have several of their T-shirts. They're great. They are awesome. It's my my Porsche um, Passing Time one is my favourite, favourite T-shirt. So I need more of those because I'm wearing a tap. Anyway, we will have Radio Le Mans gear available on their website. What? Very soon. If you go to Full Talk gear.com now you will be able to find the radio show limited clothing page there's no product on it yet but that will go live we think tomorrow as soon as it's up i'll let everybody know i'm going to post the link anyway uh it'll just take you to a holding page to say we're in pit lane we'll be ready to launch shortly. very good i like that and, so and, it's, and, and, it's, and are these more because Andy Blackmore does a lot these of the Andy designs. Blackmore designs i've got that i've got the night the evolution of the 911 which i love yep uh, you've got the passing the the um uh, the hippie the, the hippie Porsche is yep. passing each other one oh, correct. I, I've got one of those as well that's great but it doesn't look as good on you as it does on me Dex but anyway uh, it's got more curves on those <laughs> in fairness the car's got curves that didn't have in real life well in all fairness all mine is also mine's a large and I'm no longer a large thanks mm, to the miracle you. of the keto diet, keto diet. so uh, mm. So yes. anyway, so the so we've got some <laughs> special. Anyway, we've got some special designs that Andy has been really? working on, and they're going to go up. And I'm really excited because they're so cool. Right. That, that well, it's my really 50th good. birthday on on Monday, so I expect everybody to go go on and buy at least one of each <laughs> version for me and send it to you. Yes. Right. Okay. That that seems reasonable. Next week we'll be Are talking 50 to different from ones? behind a wall of t-shirts. A wall exactly. of exactly. T- Declan, when exactly. we speak, we're, go- we're going across the Declan Brenner. <laughs> it's going to be like, be like Kenny. I'll be like Dickie Bird. I'll be wearing all of them at once. <laughs> yes. Or or a joy in friends. That's right. Yes. 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 Yeah. Don't go. Dickie Bird was really handy at a party because instead of having a room where you threw all the coats, you just had him and he'd put them all on. Mm. Uh, a quick couple of uh, of things before we leave, and Dex, I want you on this. We were talking uh, last week about Ford uh, and Ford sort of lighting up the the universe by saying that they um, weren't sure that IMSA's DPI 2.0 was going the right direction because they uh, they wanted bigger hybrids and more expensive hybrids. Uh, today we've had all of the privateers or some of the privateers saying they're already at the absolute limit. But Ford not. Uh, not content with uh, leaving the WEC, upsetting IMSA, uh, they're also upsetting NASCAR as well and saying it's about time NASCAR had hybrids or better still full electric cars. Yeah, and it's, that's got to happen. We, we're, we're, NASCAR has been so, you know, NASCAR, let's put this in perspective. 
NASCAR made a ballyhoo about fuel injection five years ago or whatever it is. Or it's it's not that it's so it's so recent. It's it's comical. So the idea that that uh, uh, if we were to tre- extend that timeline, it's going to be like 2075 before they go to hybrids or electric cars. They 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 need to do something fast. Uh, we've talked about root and branch change, and and we're at the stage now where they need to change uh, everything about get back to stock. And if you're going to get back to stock, that means you're probably going to have to go to hybrid or electric because that's where stock is going. So uh, it the, it has to change or it has to disappear, mm. and that's kind of the, the the beginning and the end of that debate. So Ford, Ford are not wrong. No, Ford were quite late on the hybrid uh, on the hybrid trail. In fairness, although they're, they're increasing their their mild hybrid cars, we have to say in in European terms, they don't look particularly uh, clever. Which is why, of course, they're trying to sell Ford of Europe to uh, VW and get the VW hybrid technology. But um, it's interesting because one thing I'll say for them, if you agree with them or don't agree with them, they are being consistent in all the racing that they all the racing series that they're talking about. So I'll give you that. Um, uh, we were I was in Motor City at the weekends, and by the way, downtown Detroit is looking great, so much better, uh, even in the last five years. And never mind in the last ten years from, from when I first went there, I had a couple of great nights out with some fine restaurants and enjoyed it um have you been to that um massive bookshop that's in detroit didn't have time i was too busy eating and watching motor racing uh and indycar was what i was watching when i wasn't watching him sir yes and uh, very briefly uh, joseph newgarden won a race and didn't win a race and still leads the points Right. Well, that's IndyCar for you. All right, excellent. Well, We've already covered the Max Schultz and stuff. And Colton Herta, the new saviour of Indy- IndyCar, is 12th, having uh, barely finished the race since he won and was anointed the saviour of IndyCar. So how's that working out for you, Colton? Don't, don't forget, anyway, his so... real name is Holton Curta. And he's, <laughs> which he's is what I did in, in the, the IndyCar the other day. He's got a few points of Marco Andretti. Mm. Correct. He's got the same amount of points as Ed Jones. Mm. Perspective, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. I'm here to give you perspective. Right, a, qu- a quick reminder uh, that we are all Mobile One, hashtag Mobile One Radio Le Mans at 91.2 FM. Uh, from tomorrow, you'll see the changes on the website. It is the first of our Travel Destinations Countdown to Le Mans preview programmes, looking, as Tim has just told me, at uh, GTE Pro. I'm just 34 of the field, just half the field then, uh, with Shea and with... Uh, Paul Truswell and Richard Webb will be giving us his usual travel tips uh, from Travel Destinations, the, triple, uh, the official travel partner uh, of Radio Show Limited and Radio Le Mans. Next week, it's midday motorsport, midday UK time, one o'clock in France if you're at the circuit on 91.2 FM. But don't worry, Carol Brink, because that'll be very early for you. We will repeat midweek motorsport at its usual time on RS3 because we'll be rather busy, busy with a bit of track action going on at Le Mans but yeah, we've got three channels here on RS, uh, RSL across the world so let's lose them uh, Yes, let's use them, not lose them um, and we'll do that next week thanks to Nick and to Declan, also to our executive producer Tim Gray, the responsible adult was here and spoke as well as just being omnipotent, quite frankly brilliant, brilliant Twitterage uh, this week on all of the comments and still stuff coming in about Alaman TT. Keep it coming. And if you're listening on the podcast, keep it coming because I want to keep reading this uh, and uh, sort of just develop a, a few thoughts in our minds. Uh, the Le Mans Week countdown starts properly tomorrow at 8 o'clock UK time. Tune in 
Look at RadioLamont.com at the bottom of the homepage because that's where the schedule is for RS1. We are adding new content almost on an hourly basis. But for now, there's no time to explain because the llama is off to eat Riette. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLamont.com.